Hey guys, it's Kit. I'm sitting here editing this and I'm going to do the giveaway. So these are all the names that entered the contest. If uh, you're just listening to this, there's about a dozen names or so on here. So I'll just put everybody's name in this random name picker. It's kind of like uh, the price is right, but instead of prices, it is uh, the name is right. So there's a bunch of names on the wheel. So I'm going to click here and spin it and then that'll be our winner for Jeff's Jigs. Oh, Dan Esterline, big, big fan of the show. Appreciate you guys listening and uh, being part of this, but congratulations to Dan. I'll uh, reply to your comment and uh, I'll send you a message too. So uh, yeah, congrats and um, hope you guys enjoy the episode. Thank you for joining us at uh, Beer Fish Fanatics. And this episode is actually brought to you by Whisker Secret Tackle. So make sure you guys go to whiskerseeker.com for all your catfishing gear. Enjoy the episode, guys. Oh, you guys test the mics already? No. Oh. Sounds pretty good, I think. Oh, man. Wait. Check, check. Oh, yeah, here we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Oh, okay. Check, check, check. Hey, hey. Yeah, you're guys. like really loud, Gord. Oh. <laughs> check, check. How about that? Is that better? I think so. Check, check. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. I think we're good. I think we're good, right? I think so. Okay, I had to turn mine way down just because of me. But. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beer Fish Fanatics Grandy uh, with Mopop Fishing, Mopop Sports. We got Kit with Fishing Kit. With Fishing Kit. It's not Fishing <laughs> Kit YouTube channel no more? It is. Come on. I've been, I've edited my first video in like a month. Well, that's good. Is this, are we still back? Are we still back like a year or so in video footage? That means he um, had so much, you had so I much know. footage that you didn't have to freaking edit for how long? Like a month. It must be nice. I got two more weeks, and then I got I got like three or four ice fishing videos. I need a I need edit, but there's plenty of time for that. There you go. So uh, today we're actually on site, guys. We were uh, we're trying to swing by old sponsor Fire Trucker. However, uh, I was told because a huge rag bri. If you guys don't know, it's a big cycling event here that happens in Central Iowa. And there were thousands and thousands of people here in Ankeny yesterday, and they uh, pretty much bombarded their tap room. So the manager told me, he goes, I know you guys want to record. I apologize, but they are actually cleaning up all the mess uh, from previous days of all the bike riders, they said. So today we are actually downtown at the infamous Peachtree. So is it downtown? This is there. Oh, yeah. It's downtown. Court Avenue? Yeah. It's downtown. Oh, yeah, for well, sure. Okay, East Village. East Village. Sorry. Jeez. East Village is if, still if you're downtown, not from right? Yeah, I, I consider it downtown. I think it's just a little branch off downtown. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, for the, if you want to be correct. <laughs> and then Ragbri, they just passed through uh, Des Moines yesterday. Yeah. So it's a it's a ride that they go across the whole state. Yep. It's uh, one of those, uh, if you're... If you're not into biking or if you are into biking, it's one of those things that people come from all over the world. I mean, there's people from Australia here. Um, even my wife said there was a guy who actually got heat exhaustion, and he's from Australia. He was camping at uh, Waterworks, and he had heat exhaustion. He got dehydrated, and they had to take him to the hospital yesterday. That doesn't huh. shock me. This no. is the, like the worst week to have rag <laughs> of all the weeks. Like, I mean, 
even if even if you're from a hot climate, I would imagine the humidity is is probably just at a different level unless you're from somewhere with a very similar humidity. But even for Iowa humidity, I feel like this week in particular has just been so heavy. Yeah, it's oh. it was, this week has been rough. This morning was it was palpable. You, you, like can, how you, can, you can feel <laughs> yeah. the this, heaviness of the air. This yeah. is what happens when I go outside because I wear glasses. It completely fogs my glasses up. You know, whenever I go outside right now, even right now, I just before I came here, it's like I couldn't see shit. <laughs> I, it's, it's like what the heck? I had to wipe my own damn glasses off. So that's um, how you know it's humid. Yep, pretty much. But if you guys are wondering, that voice sounds familiar. That is Mister Derek with Five One Five Fishing. He's joining us here. Welcome, Derek. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. It's always fun to join you. Cheers, guys. Yeah, cheers. I'm drinking the uh, the cold. It's called a cold IPA. This is uh, it's a new beer that they had on tap here at Peachtree, so I'm trying that one out. Uh, today I had steak with the kids. Mm. I am really pushing this gal. I'm taking it to Man. the limits today. I'm I'm, I'm testing it out. Uh, I I my holistic approach has been working. So today we're gonna find, or tomorrow we're gonna find out if this is. Did you go sirloin or T-bone, ribeye? Ribeye, baby. Ribeye. Man, always, always ribeye steaks. <laughs> I had to sous vide it, too. So uh, the, kid, the kids, that's the only way they eat is sous vide ribeye oh steaks. Oh, my God. Welcome to my world. Actually, I, I sous vide a uh, New York strip last weekend. That was, that was pretty good. See? What, what, is, what, is that, what does that mean, sous vide? When you, uh, okay, so it's a French way of cooking you know protein meats you can do chicken you can do steaks whatever so what it is is like you're cooking the meat inside of a plastic bag and you put it in water so you you raise the temperature of that water to a specific temperature so it cooks it completely even it soaks it in so it's like steaming it almost no because you're i wouldn't even say it's boiling it because you so let's say steak right yep yeah what's medium rare about 155 160 ish 130 135? I have okay, no idea. 30. I so, just look at it so, and go, yep, that looks medium rare. So <laughs> that's the temp I set for my yeah. sous vide machine for yeah. medium well, rare steak. I, I got the girls, so I had to cook it a little bit more uh, uh, fully done. But what you do is, you, so you set the temperature of the machine, and that water gets you that specific temperature. So like you're saying, 129, right? Let's just say, right? Yeah. So you set it that, that water stays at 129 the entire time. So then that's when you put the Ziploc bag of your meat Air, I mean, you want to be as airtight as possible, right? And you dip it in that water, and you leave it in there an hour, two hours, if you know, regular ribeye steak, whatever. And the longer you leave it in there, the, the, the more tender it becomes. Mm. But the best part of it, it completely cooks the entire piece of meat thoroughly at exactly that temperature. Yeah, you can never overcook yeah. something in sous vide, unless you crank the temperature up. But. Yeah. So it's, it's its own machine? Like yes. it's designed just for that? Yeah. yeah. Never heard of it. It's basically it's a water circulator with a, a heater in it, and you yeah. control the temperature. Yeah, hmm. and and, and the, like he just said you can. I literally leave my steaks on there for like hours because hmm. it, it completely tenderizes it for like I would put the steak for maybe two hours. Yeah, and you can't overcook it because it's set at that specific temperature. It doesn't go above. It stays at there. So then and then you take it out, and then what I usually do is I pat it dry a little bit. How do you uh, know when it's done? You just you, you check the t- internal temperature you, of the meat? No, no, because remember, the meat, it's set, that, that water is set for 130 degrees. Right. After about an hour, the entire piece of steak is 130 degrees, the right. whole whole steak. What if I would throw a whole chicken in there? Um, I think it, it, it gives you, if you look at it, like how much time per poundage or whatever the okay. meat is, how long you should keep it in there for. But think of it this way. If you're going to put a whole damn chicken in there, I mean, you probably cook it for a couple hours and you should be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. 
Where do you buy these at? Like Amazon? Or? Yeah, you can buy Amazon, whatever. Yeah. What's it called again? A sous vide. S O U S and then space V I D E. Sous vide machine. And the thing is on these, I think I'm going to start doing this is fish. You can do fish too. Uh, because you can you can do flays of fish and then you, you can sous vide it. It's a healthier way to cook it. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking I'm gonna start doing this for, with the fish and just kind of try it out. Hmm. Uh, and then you can. And then the cool thing is you marinate it inside of the Ziploc bag first, so then it, it enhances the flavor. You know, it gets inside that meat because you're you're literally soaking it in there. I'm telling you, for some reason, st- sous vide steak. I don't. I can. I can't go back. Hmm. I can't go back to a reg- the only. Other steak I will eat is maybe or is smoked, so I do a reverse sear, seared when I when I smoke the steak yep. first and then I sear it. But yeah. and then after the sous vide, once you take it out, you, you have to sear it to give it that that crust. Yeah, so. I wouldn't go as far as to say I wouldn't go back to just buying a steak, you know, put yeah. salt and pepper, throw it on the grill. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna go that far. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I've had steak. I throw it back on. It's it's still good. But it's just not the same. For some reason, the sous vide is... See, I don't know that I'd be patient enough because, like, I've, I've done the reverse here, and I, yeah. I really like that. But it's to me, it's not good enough. The difference isn't wide enough to for me to just go out to the grill, slap it on there for, like, four minutes each side and say, that's good. Oh, it makes right. it... Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to have to... Dis- we can agree to disagree. Because even, like, a reverse no. sear, you're still doing that for... True. You know, a while. But but the thing is, with the sous vide, it's so evenly cooked. Like, there's not a one on the right side is a little too raw or the left side is way too well done. If you said, like he said, if you're Has, medium Have you ever guy, thought it maybe it's just the cooker's skills? It's a possibility, but you can't. I mean, you can't. I, mean, fuck. I grill pretty evenly cooked steak. It's pretty good. Uh, I bet well. you. I bet you. If I sous vide it, mine will be way, it way might, more evenly be. than yours. I've never tried one, so I can't. It's, you can't. Same. You can't mess it up, really. I mean, unless when you're when you're gonna char it, I guess that's where you can that's, mess it up. Yeah. But I, don't know, I mean, if you're searing it for like over a minute on one side, you're searing it for way too long. Yeah, agreed. So, so. but anyways, or you're not using enough heat. Yeah, that's true too. But I don't know, man. I, I'm just partial to it. My kids don't eat steak any other way. Hmm. Uh, I tried it, like you said, throw it on the grill and give it to them. They're like, no, this is too chewy, Dad. They're like, nope, can't do it. My, I feel like I, a new segment of the show should be like a little how do you, how you cook yeah. this dish. I think you guys are being a little extra over there. <laughs> Whatever. We can bring, bring in some sous vide steak oh, and we can sample non-sous it. Non-sous vide steak is too chewy. <laughs> okay. Hey. For it, it is for some people. I don't. I'm, I will still eat it. Don't get me wrong. But I'm telling you, I just, I, I don't know, man. If I'm going to eat a good ribeye steak, I might as well get a sous vide and cook. If I got Perfect. time, I'll do it. I mean, I'm, you know, I ain't gonna sit here and argue against it. But if I got time, I'll do it. But if I got, you know, half an hour, I'm okay with just taking it out, throwing it on the grill or pan real quick. I get it. Uh, but I'm just saying, that's the only way my girls will eat the steaks. Apparently, you too, since you can't go back. <laughs> that's true. I'm, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I am a little bit of a snob now when it comes to the steak. Like, when I eat it, it has to be sous vide. I mean, it doesn't so you can't ha- eat, you, So, you can't eat steak at a restaurant? Then. I'll eat. I have never ordered a steak at a restaurant ever since I started sous vide. Uh, the only other steaks that I will eat is when I smoke it and then I reverse it because mm-hmm. I love that smoke flavor. Yep. Uh, but then I slow, slow, slow smoke it at you know 200 degrees or, or actually I put like 175. Wait till it gets to a certain internal temp and then I just sear it just to get the smoke flavor. 
That's the only other one. But yeah, I, I have not ordered a steak ever since I freaking sous vide steaks. I never really typically ordered steak in a long time at a restaurant. Because, man, I... It's pricey, well, dude. <laughs> never, I take, it, well, one, is spicy, and oh, it never comes out exactly how I want it. See? And that, and that's that's the whole point of sous vide. It comes out cooked perfect every time. I, I'm, I'm going to have to try it. All right. Sorry, never guys. had it, so I can't... I can't Went on a I can't tangent. say anything against it. But it's, I, it's never been, like, worse than a regular steak, if true. you ask me. Yeah. It's never been worse. Never been worse. I, I've never messed it up. Is it a huge difference? Uh, you could you could argue. So do you season it before it you throw it in the bag? Then? Yes, yeah. I do. Okay. Yeah, you can you can put like butter in there, but I usually put uh, like garlic, a, you know, secret spices here and there, you know, to kind of give it a secret good spices. kick. Yeah, I, I don't know. I got it from whoever. They give me some secret spice. They say it's a secret spice, so I throw it on there a little bit. So we eat it, puts it, and then when you pan fry, put some butter and so uh, uh, what you might call it, rosemary. Oh God, it's amazing yeah it's pretty good once it's ready oh it's so good (laughs) all right i can eat steak the old-fashioned way too i'm not like gourds over there oh come on man but anyways i am going to test my gout today having steak and drinking craft beer but it's like i said it's been knock on wood i've been doing pretty good it's been staying away and uh i've been able to actually get out and fish a little bit here and there too so that's always a good is that gopro recording shouldn't there be a red light I, I don't know. Go take a look real quick. Yeah. I don't see a red light. Here, let me go take a look. It's, re- it's recording. No. Oh. Number's still going. Okay. Usually there's like a little <laughs> little indicator. I wonder if it's because I plugged in the external battery. Maybe that changes it up a little bit. I don't know. Oh, it should still. I don't know. I agree. It's GoPro, man. Who knows? This this episode could be just audio only now, obviously. Which is fine. Works for me. But I think that's how it was the last time I was on. It might just be like a... Oh, yeah, that was maybe, with you. Maybe I'm like a ghost or that, something. That, that was with you and Butters. Oh, yeah, because I couldn't get the, like, it kept corrupting or something. Yeah, I'm maybe I just, you know. Technology. Nah, you should be, I hope, knock on wood Super, now. Supernatural stuff yeah. going on. He's so he's so powerful. Yeah, that's his right. aura so powerful that he will shut off just, any. Disrupts the video. Uh, any video. They're like, no, this guy's just too good. Can't be on video. Did we talk about what we're drinking yet? No. Just oh, just, just me. I had the cold IPA. What do you got, Kit? Or oh, I had the little, get a little hazy, get a little hazy, hazy IPA. What did you get? I had the blood orange ale. It's gone. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> Must have been good. <laughs> it was pretty solid, yeah. Can't complain. We'll do a quick refill here in a minute. but um, Actually, you want to do a refill before we continue? It's okay. I mean, you kid, guys can refill. It's like two drinks. I just this. started. <laughs> All right. We're going to do a quick refill, me and Derek, and we'll be right back, guys. All right, everybody. We are back, refilled and ready to rock and roll. I'm doing the little. I, I saw kids. I'm doing the little hazy IPA now. Get a little hazy. A little hazy. I'm rocking the orange goose, the OG, the sour. Cheers, 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 guys. Sorry. I wonder why you got a different cup than me. Because I, I went a pint. That's a 12 oh. ouncer. Oh, dang, thirsty. I am thirsty. But uh, we're just talking offline, guys. If you, uh, if you guys, when this episode comes out, hopefully this is not the case. But uh, Fishing Kid and myself are trying to sell our kayaks. So if you guys are listening, if you guys are looking for pedal kayaks, I have a tandem pedal kayak. Fishing Kid has a Hobie pedal kayak. Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, this is a mute point. Because that means we moved our kayaks. But we are looking to, to, to sell our kayaks because... 
homie over there is upgrading. Kit told me it's a two for one special too. Two for one special. <laughs> <laughs> so just playing. <laughs> so so definitely uh, message us. And hopefully, like I said, hopefully this is a mute point. But if not, but we are trying to move our kayak. So let us know if you guys are interested. You wanna are you buying a skeeter or <laughs> something like that? You wanna get into why why you're selling your kayak? Well, the the real story. Yeah. Then what, yeah. what's going on with me? Yeah. All right. So we might. I mean, well, you, you, it, it, is this a tearjerker? No, no, no. When, when, might, when this video, when this episode comes out, yeah, it I, might be. It I, might have happened. It already. might have happened. So uh, the main big reason, well, not the main reason, but the a big reason why I am selling that yak is because I am officially ninety nine point nine 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 percent moving to Colorado. Oh wow! Um, probably by the time this episode comes out. Wow! Um, so it's uh, in the works. I'm trying to move some stuff at the house right now. Uh, we're, I'm still probably going to keep the the house and everything uh, here and then. But you know, it just makes sense to to go to Colorado a little bit so my my kids can at least hang out with the grandparents on their mom's side a little bit. You know, so they're getting older. They came to visit us uh, last week or two weeks ago and. You know, they're getting older. I feel like, you know, my kids have been here for 10 years, a decade now. I was looking the other mm. day, a little bit over a decade. So I'm like, I think it's time for them to, to go to Colorado, learn, meet. The, I wouldn't say meet them, but at least hang out with, the, you know, their mom's side a little bit more. So, but then, yeah. uh, and then I can go and learn a little bit more about lake trout and all that shit. So are you going to be trout fishing? Mom pop fishing is going to be fishing for trout after talking <laughs> so much smack about <laughs> trout for so long? I think so. I mean, well, they don't have anything else they keep saying, right? Arctic yeah. char. I'm, I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out because uh, I'll talk to some people. Uh, but according to my in-laws, you know, they have to drive five hours just to catch certain species. Just to go there. catch some crappies. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't believe that shit, but we, we'll see. We'll, we'll see because... Um, I'd, yeah. I would take Colorado over Iowa any day, Heart, well, in a heartbeat. See, but the, but that's the thing, because my my in laws are like, all they do is fish for trout, because there's no other species. And when there is, let's just say the crappies on, on you know are biting, yeah. they say the pressure gets so ridiculous within the, the first week that by the time you get out there, it's you have to like he was saying, you have to drive five hours just to go catch crappies for some reason. I don't know. Is there pop? I don't know. I haven't looked at their population. Is there a population of fishermen that much more than us? I don't know. I that that may be something to look into. But oh, I think trout's a big draw of Colorado, though. Hundred percent. But they there's they have freshwater shit that you can fish for. Like yeah, but it's like huge, huge part of their tourism. Yeah. No, I agree. So I there's agree. a lot of money and funding that goes into trout in Colorado. I think there's some isn't there some lakes or some reservoirs in Colorado that have some pike in them as well like as an invasive species. Yeah, you got to kill yeah. all the yeah. pike you yeah. catch. Right. Yeah. That's what I heard. I was like for real? I wasn't sure about that, but yeah, no. I heard some people like you have to that's crazy. The trout's number 1 in Colorado. Yeah. Oh yeah. They don't give a shit about anybody else. They go <laughs> trout, keep everybody else kill. <laughs> if you get one of those tiger trout, those are pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, those trout. are pretty cool. They do have a reservoir up there that has some monster wipers, guys. There's a reservoir near within like an hour distance of my brother-in-law's in, in, in Denver area. I mean, if you, you can you can probably Google it. It's, it's Jackson Jackson Reservoir, I believe. Uh, people be catching double-digit wipers out of there. Mm. Their state record's like twenty. Uh, I don't want to say the number because <laughs> it's probably gonna be wrong. I want to say it's like twenty-four pounds. Wow, it's big. Dude. Do you know the state? Do you know the state record wiper for like every state? 
that has one? <laughs> no. Because I feel like you, you mentioned the state record wiper for Kansas at one point, too. I probably I have. Like, I feel I like you've you got have. those memories. I think the Kansas one was pretty big, too. <laughs> Is the Iowa one run it right at 20? Just short of 20. Like short 20. Eight, eight, it's like high, 19, 19, 19. And I don't know, 12 ounces or something. Shout out to my uncle. Yeah. He still holds that record. Oh, yeah? Yeah, nice. it's my uncle. Yeah, he still holds that record. And I'm hoping that's if that's like the state record that I want. I mean, I'll take any state record. You can get the orange You get the orange spotted sunfish pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have the state record for shad. Gizzard shad. Gizzard shad. Well, he never turned it in. He cut it up for bait. Yeah, technically, he, technically there is no official state, state record, record for shad. Yeah, he would have had it. And, but. I, and I don't think anybody would have broken it. That's yeah. a crazy thing. Well, I think that's the, how the orange-spotted sunfish works, too, is I don't think anybody ever takes the time to submit them because it's like they're so small. They're yeah, like, tiny. oh, or they don't know what it is. You know, they just assume it's some sunfish, and yeah. so like, oh, whatever. But even yellow bass, I mean, yellow bass, that, that state record is probably broken every week up at Creel Lake. I mean, I think the yellow bass record right now is like 12, maybe? Inches? Yeah. Inches? Yeah. What? No. It, yeah. Can't, well, our, they Iowa, go by Iowa goes by pounds. Yeah. And I think, right. I think it's like three pounds, though. No, yeah. it's not. Dude, I'm no. telling you. Oh. No, it's it's got to be. Let's All, right. All right, you guys can Google this. We got <laughs> these things in no our pockets. Go ahead, you guys go. And then the thing is, uh, if you guys are wondering, is Fishing Kid and myself still going to be recording? Yes. Uh, most likely, I'm going to try and come back here because, you know, obviously I still have family here. So uh, I will be back here. So we'll, we'll record episodes at least. Uh, once or twice a month. Oh, by the way, if you guys are wondering, we're going to start releasing two episodes a month now, guys. I know we were thinking of doing one episode a month, but uh, we plan on releasing at least two episodes a month so you guys can get a little extra love of uh, the BFF. Okay. Yeah, fellas. All right. What do we got, Kate? I kind of doubled what the state record Yeah. Is. One and a half? Hey, that's what one, I'm saying. One and a half. One and a half Actually, pounds. three pounds is a pretty big yellow bass. Yeah. I was just thinking about that too, but that's a pretty. Where would you show that it was from? Uh, mine says it's from Lake Manawa. Yeah, 14 and a half inches. That's a big yellow bass. Holy shit. So if you guys are one, if you guys don't know, yellow bass do not get bigger than about a 10, 11 inch yellow 14 bass. 14 and a half is a monster. Yeah, that's a monster. Dude, people were catching 12 inch uh, yellow bass up at Clear Lake, I think a year or two ago. Those were enormous. Like, I've never seen anything like that for yellow bass. The world record is three pounds. I think that's where okay. I got it. Okay. got it mixed up. That's still a pretty... Well, Kevin caught... <clears throat> Kevin Paul caught a hybrid there a year or two ago that was a freak. It was like a it was like a hybrid yellow, hybrid white. It was yeah. huge. I, I, it has a tint of yellow, right? Yeah, because, I don't know. I don't know what... How do you tell the difference between... I don't know what, what he did to to check but it was right. it was like it was a freak so I, I think that's why he assumed it wasn't just a pure pure yellow does yellow bass have one or two tongue on their, the patch on yeah the, on i don't the know they, or can you even tell at that? i don't know they're probably too small yeah. at that stage i mean usually well usually when you catch a yellow bass there isn't like oh man is this a white bass or is this a yellow bass <laughs> yeah right or is this a striper right <laughs> that's true yeah, no one, no one's out there questioning if it's a yellow bass or not. I guess if you caught a hybrid, then you might be like, uh, yeah. So, uh, I just wanted to give you guys a quick shout out to Jeff Backyard Bait Shop. Uh, he did message me because he was listening to one of our podcasts. I don't think we ever answered the question like, hybrid striped bass, how big did they grow? 
I think we, we always talk about it, but he actually has the information. He, he actually messaged me the chart of a hybrid striped bass, how much they grow. So just, kind of, just so everybody knows, I think this is probably maybe about 10, 20 episodes ago we talked about this. Actually, we talked about like it. Like a growth it. chart, like how yes. big they should be at a certain age? Yes. So he said hybrid striped bass age chart. So at one year old, if you guys are wondering, they're about six inches. Two years old, they're about 12 inches. Three years old, they're about 15 inches. Hmm. Four years old, they should be approximately about 18 inches. Five years old, 20 inches. Six years old, 25 inches. And that's about it because their average lifespan is about six. I mean, if, if no predators get to them, six to seven years. Six to seven years. So, so this is the thing. Everybody has that harvest oh here he goes hat yeah we're talking we're bringing this shit knows up about this here, here he goes we're, we're, bringing, we're gonna bring this shit <laughs> up knows, we're bringing this, this all shit too up. well so but it's so everybody knows if you catch a, a hybrid striped bass that's 25 let's just say 22 to 25 inches right <clears throat> most likely they're at the very end of their life cycle okay i'm, I'm just throwing it out there i'm not saying do do you <laughs> within legal limits so, just so you know, they're almost at the end of their life cycle. Whether you release them, you know, it doesn't matter because they do not reproduce, as we all know. So, how, how do you guys feel about the harvesting of big wipers now or hybrid shred bass? It doesn't, knowing that doesn't change anything for me. <laughs> okay. I, I'm just asking. I just want to know what you guys. Because that, that sounds like a plead the fifth <laughs> answer right there. Because, <laughs> I, I, you know, there's a lot of people who like. Do you, do you want my, my honest opinion? Honest opinion. I don't like it. If I catch a 24-inch wiper, knowingly, it probably won't live another year. Mm-hmm. Maybe two. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to keep. Or it doesn't even have to be me. Just I'm going to keep it. Yep. Just why should I release it if knowingly it's going to go in? I'm, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate, yeah. by the way. Yeah, no, I, I definitely i am not to the point to where I would, like, scold you in person. Like, if I was fishing next to you on the shore and you caught that <laughs> fish and you wanted to keep that fish, I would I would just keep on fishing and say, you do you. Uh-huh. Um, in the back of my mind, would I be thinking, yeah, that blah, 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 blah guy? Yeah, I mean, I probably would. <laughs> Uh, I, I think for me, take take away the age and what we think they live and, and all that, not, you know, all that stuff, which I'm not arguing whether that's factual or not. I, I agree that it is. Um, I think for me, at the end of the day, for wipers in particular, the most joy comes out of catching that fish because of the, the fight, the power, the strength, the game, the game fish aspect of it. Um, I, I personally believe they don't taste great. Um, I, I know that's a debate as well, and it all comes down to how you clean, how you cook. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that, that definitely gives you better options, but I think, generally speaking, that they don't taste as good as a lot of other fish do. Um, therefore, I personally believe if you got a 24-inch fish, even if it has six months, three months, a year, two years, whatever it has, let it go. Let it, let it, it, it's earned that right to live that extra time frame and I, I for me for a wiper i would rather me personally come back to catch that fish or somebody else um now just like any fish wipers in particular fight really hard and sometimes they they build up a lot of lactic acid in their bodies and so sometimes letting a big one go or reviving it might not be possible to me that's a whole different scenario but to go take out a keg 
and say I'm going to throw in <laughs> 10, 15, 20 wipers that are 20 plus. Once again, not a limit. That's every angler's prerogative. Would I say anything in person? No. Um, I, I just, I just wouldn't do it. Would you guys all agree? Keeping fish is fine. Hmm? Yeah, it's fine. It's the amount you keep. Is that where you guys would see an issue? It depends. Okay. For me, it's a really, it's a really gray area um, because conservation of fish is, it, it differs so much from body of water, state to state, species to species. It's hard to throw one answer to that. But crappie, for example, right? I mean, there's a 25 limit on crappie. Does that mean you should keep a, a 25 limit of 14-inch crappie? I don't think so, but it's still within your legal li- limit to do so. Mm-hmm. Do I have a problem with you keeping 25 9-inch crappie? Nope. Do I have a problem with you doing it every single day for two weeks? Yeah, especially <laughs> since your position limit should be different. But it all really it really just depends on the body of water, too. Like, you know, there, we have some reservoirs, you know, Sailorville, Red Rock, other, other bodies of water that can sustain a lot more pressure than the Ankeny Ponds, than, you know, smaller bodies of water. Even Big Creek's not a huge body of water. So when you start taking out good genetics and what I consider trophy fish on a regular basis because you're on a hot bite, there is some give and take there. Um, you know, you might, you might have a great year in 2022 and really capitalize on a great year class, but then the next two years you might, you might see the negative side effects of that because now you're catching 12 inches rather than 14 um and i think that, that's just one example um and i i'm not somebody that, to say like don't ever keep fish because i do think there's also the other side of the argument of where you have to keep fish so there's not an overpopulation in a fighting for a food source you know so there's there's some give and take to both sides um, i think it's doing it responsibly yeah. is kind of where i go to i think but okay so the thing is, you were talking about is crappies. Mm. I can understand that. Same thing with almost any other species that reproduce. Mm-hmm. But the, if we talk about wipers, so that's why sure. I, I, I'm just curious because what you're because they're I, sterile. Yeah, because they're mm-hmm. sterile. So there's no passing on genetics. So I, I'm just throwing it out there. So we see because we've seen fishermen go out there and they keep cooler foals of. Are we a little bit jealous that they're keeping <laughs> that many? And because and hoping I'm, that I'm we. I'm never could... jealous of somebody that keeps a cooler full of 10 pound wipers. Yeah. I'm never jealous of I, them. Yeah, I wouldn't say jealous. <laughs> but would you be like. Like, I could go out and, and keep a cooler of wipers, you know. They, but, so that's what I'm asking you, though, because those 10 pound wipers most likely are near the end of their lifespan. Maybe. Maybe but they're not. But your grandfather caught a 19 pounder, right? You tell me that you tell me you tell me you tell me that nineteen pounder was never caught once in yeah. its life. Nineteen pound. I mean, I find I find I mean, it hard to. I mean, it's possible. I, yeah, it definitely is. I, I don't know. But that ten pounder never has a chance of making it to nineteen pounds now, whether it has a year or three months to go. The only way you're ever going to catch that state record is by letting some fish go. Whether they're sterile yeah. or not sterile, I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm not saying they, I'm not disagreeing. But I, the I'm same just saying because I I know what the other side mm-hmm. will say. It's like it's you know what it's my prerogative. It's within my limits. Yeah. And yep. then on top of that, you know, uh, why am I gay hating on if I'm following the rules? And then on top of that, this fish is sterile. This fish is going to be dead within the next year. That's yeah. what I mean. That's if, from coming from a person who kept. 
you know, a I, whole cooler full. I'm saying that's. I that's don't think somebody argument. keeping a cooler full is thinking that much about it. Probably not. They're not. They could care less. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and, that's I, the and I think there's a difference yeah. between berating someone and and trying to help, trying to at least express a different point of view, right? Like you can, you can still express your feelings and do it in a respectful way, or or maybe even try to educate. But when you when you're when you like you said hating, if you're just berating somebody, that's where it's it's uncalled for because, like you said, it, it is still within your your right to to keep that fish. Yeah. Um, but on the same token, it's also within your right to keep a forty-five pound flathead. Do I think that's ethical? <laughs> no, but that that's that's one person's opinion. Yeah. Right. For for some for some guys, that that is a fantastic uh, harvest for their family for themselves for whatever, right? Or it's their trophy, and they, they want to do whatever they want to do with that fish. Do I get depressed when I see a 45-pound flathead or, or bigger harvested? Yeah, I do. But that's because I know how hard it is to get that fish. And what, if, what if it's me that caught that I never flathead fish, and I'm like, the fish of a lifetime, my family loves to eat fish. Would you, is your viewpoint still the same of that person that kept that fish? I'm, I'm like, I hope you really like catfish because you're probably going to get like... 30 pounds of meat off of that but, thing. And, and what if I said, yes, I love catfish. My family loves catfish. In your, in your scenario, you just you just expressed a scenario, though, where you're not typically fishing for that fish. No. This is, this is a once-in-a-blue-moon yeah. harvest. That's different than guys going to set out ditty poles or bank poles That's every different. weekend. Different call, yes. And yes. that fish has been fighting on, on that, that line all night, and regardless of its size, you're harvesting it. Right? I mean, that... And I think the other thing with wipers is, like, I, I think that the fact that they're sterile is a really strong arguing point for the side of harvesting them, um, which is fair. I, I think the one thing that kind of frustrates me is that there's not some sort of a limit on them. And I understand why, because they're not a native reproducing fish, so I understand that. But at the same time, they're stocked for forage control, right? And mm-hmm. I don't think anybody would here would argue that they're not one of the best fish, if not the best fish to catch in our state in terms of fight and power pound for pound. You know, every, um, everybody says it's the closest to ocean fishing. So, I mean, in, in order Iowa. to maintain that attractiveness of that fish, you have to preserve that species. And you have to preserve the, the trophy class or the, the, the prime class for fighting. Like, when you look at the Big Creek uh, year classes, they're, they're right in a prime you get 21s to 24s, perfect fighting fish, you know, and, and they're not, like, overly huge. But, man, they're all five, six, seven pounds, and they're all just a blast to catch. If you want to maintain that, you still have to responsibly harvest them. So I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> I, a lot of people would be like, well. So how do you feel about harvesting the wipers now yeah. after knowing the information that yeah. I know? Does it change how you feel? I mean, it I don't get to go fishing that often. And when I do, I harvest a certain amount. This is the thing. I get to a point where I don't want to clean so much fish. I want to clean just enough to feed my family. And I don't... And, and wipers suck after they're frozen. So yep. you eat the, those, it's the type of fish, in my eyes, that you, you catch whatever you're going to catch. As long as you eat that within the day or two or whatever, in my eyes, I, I'm, I'm going to do that. Um how large if, if i caught like let's just say if i went out and i didn't catch shit and i caught a freaking 15 pound wiper am i keeping it i probably will and i 
The reason why? Because I am going to feed my entire family with that one fish. Mm-hmm. Now, if I were to catch 20 10-pounders, which will <laughs> probably never happen in my lifetime, would I keep them all? Probably not. And the reason being is not it, it, it has nothing to do with will I consume them all or not. It has to do with they taste like shit. If I, there's no way I can eat 20 10 pound you know wipers right right and when you freeze them they're not tasting as good so a lot of red a lot of red meat in there yeah and then it's just it's just a lot of work cleaning fish so how do how do i feel i I think it's more of the like you're saying the 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 fishermen that go on a daily basis and fish and, and and are good and they know they can catch these mass amounts of large wipers they keep a whole cooler full that's that's just my train of thought. If people are keeping a whole cooler full, my thing is, I see freezer burn. I see nothing but freezer burn. And, and we're talking a cooler full, but what about the guys that do it weekend after weekend? As long- cooler full this weekend, cooler full next weekend, cooler full. Some guys weekend. do it day to day. Right. I, I, it's it's reality. I mean, um, how do you feel about guys from Minnesota? Because that's a reality coming yeah, down. Hundred percent. Knowing that there's not a limit <laughs> and taking advantage of that potential. I mean, it's it's. Within their rights, right? They as long as they pay for their licensing and everything, right? Um, I mean, I hate on it a little bit because I'm like, man, you mofos, you guys, ten thousand lakes up there, what the hell, are you guys coming down to get yeah. our shit for? That's my thoughts. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, at the end of it, I mean, I, I, I really, I would love to catch a, a double digit wiper. I haven't yet, um, and I feel like people keep coming down here taking our shit. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but. <laughs> It's within their rights. I, I really, I'm not going to put my moral whatever high ground on anybody else. So if they want to keep it, that's fine as long as they pay for their licensing. It sucks sometimes when I see them. I think it's more jealousy because I don't get to go out and fish as much. So sure. when I see somebody post a picture of a cooler shit, I'm like, you mofo, I would love to catch one of those. And I probably would release it in reality because I'd be so damn excited I caught a double-digit freaking wiper. I'd probably release it because yeah. knowing that I've been trying for so long. Yeah, and I I don't want to um, I don't want to badmouth um, the DNR at all because I think they do good work. I think if if there's anywhere I would want to put pressure, it would be on uh, organizations like that or the state to tighten our limits, um, or to even put some sort of limit on there because I just I feel like we have several examples of species that if if we change some slots or if we tightened up limits we would see the fruits of that um i think a good example is if you go up to minnesota especially in the northwest region a lot of those lakes for panfish their limits are 10 fish Mm -hmm. and they even have slots on on some of those panfish and as a result you've seen a lot of trophy fisheries up in that region because of that and i guess for me Personally, I, I fish for the sport rather than the food side of it. Do I still keep some fish? Sure. Um, and everybody fishes for their own reasons. But because of that reason, I, I want to pursue those trophy opportunities. So that would, that would be what I would advocate for. But I could see somebody totally on the other side of the spectrum saying, hey, when I go out to fish, I go out to feed myself, my family, my friends, whatever. And so I could care less about whether that fish is seven inches or 17, you know? So it, yeah. every person's a little bit different. I will say that the one thing that also is good, bad, or indifferent, especially with social media, is sometimes I think those cooler full pictures or the, the table full pictures, that, that's an ego thing. 
not a, not a feeding thing. Hundred percent. Right? Like that's not a for sure. I need to fill my freezer for me or my family. That's a. Uh, this picture of this table full of twenty crappies looks a lot cooler than me holding one crappie. Yeah, look at me. I caught all these fish. Right. Yeah. And then I, and then I throw in there that I caught them in thirty minutes. You know, that that's like the extra layer, <laughs> yeah. which we know is all probably not true. But like somebody will throw out that super exaggeration of like, look at these thirty-five fish that I caught in ten minutes. You know, they're like, I don't know if that's even mathematically possible. But you know, they got to throw that in there. Yeah, we can <laughs> bitch and moan, but until we get enough people together and make a strong case to like put some kind of limit for wipers or white bass. Like for me, uh, I just got to the point where if I see a cooler full of big wipers, I get annoyed, sure. And I, I'm, I don't get so annoyed that I got to comment on their post and like, hey, man, you shouldn't keep these, throw these back there for X, X, you know, they, you know, I stop them or, you know, they don't reproduce, whatever. I just, you know, practice what, I guess, how I feel when I'm on the water. So if I go out there, catch a big 10-pound wiper, I throw it back. Yeah, even five pound wiper, three pound. I, I might keep a two pound wiper because, like you guys said, all that red when meat. I think, and I think, like Grandy said, a lot of those guys that are catching double digit wipers or just really big wipers and have a cooler full, like, there's probably not changing that mindset anyways because they already know. Like, they're, they're good anglers. They they know what they're doing. They know what they're catching. Like, yeah. th- their mind's already made up of where they sit in that decision and why they're keeping what they're keeping. And so, it's not like they're noobs to angling you know right. and i'm pretty sure some of them are doing it just to piss off sure. people off 100 percent. when you po- when you post continuously pictures of coolerfuls of fish well you, you, one like you're saying ego because mm-hmm. you you love to get the the likes and the the people like oh my patch on the back yep. and then and then you, you you're kind of feeding the, those haters a little bit you like that too Sure. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I think Stir the pot. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> rile these guys up. Yeah, watch this. <laughs> I think the other the other um, X factor for the wiper topic is you got the the, steri- the sterility factor, right? Yeah. And the longevity in terms of lifespan. But I think the other fact is is the how they fight. So I think if a wiper fought like a wet sock people probably wouldn't be quite as upset about it. Like, nah, you, you know, it'd be like catching a bunch of, I, I don't even know an example. I was going to say sheephead, but I know people say drum fight hard. And I just, I hate those things. <laughs> um, but it, it would be like just catching a fish that doesn't fight good, right? And you're like, oh, hey, well, do what you want with those because, you know, who cares? But because they, because they do pull drag, because they are so fun, I think that's why people have some of that attachment issue with them of not wanting to lose them. Yeah. yeah. No. There's some passion behind it. Yeah. Speaking of their fighting, so uh, I saw Derek post recently. Looks like you were out in the ocean yep. catching some nice true stripers. Yep. So tell me how, tell us about how, how that trip was compared the fight. How was it? What'd you use for bait? Where'd you go? How, I mean, uh, there's not a comparison really. Um, it, it's just like, I mean, it's like taking a wiper and multiplying it by 10 in just terms of weight and power um so i was off cape cod uh out in the ocean we're about 18 miles off off the coast um on a sandbar so we believe it or not for being 18 miles off the coast uh we're only fishing about 25 foot of water the the best part of this whole uh trip was that we were fishing spooks so i mean spooks are about eight inches or so and just walking the dog on top of the waves and stuff 
And so the blow-ups, I mean, unbelievable. Were you guys, like, chasing birds and stuff? Uh, yeah, seagulls and, and squid and mm. stuff like that, yeah. Mm. So it was um, – I don't, it's hard to it's hard to really put into words because it's so unique. Uh, but like, I mean, you'd see a fish blow up and throw that spook three feet in the air if it missed it. You would see a fish jump over top of it that was like longer than this table. Jeez. I mean, when they did hook up, they're just. I mean, they go just like a wiper does that initial hit and 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 run. Um, but with the with the true stripers, you catch like maybe three fish in a row and then you need a break. You know, like with a wiper, they're a blast to get your dremeling going, but you never feel like, okay, I got, I, like, I got to take a break for a second. Like these guys wear your biceps and your shoulders out to where you're like, okay, like that was a blast, but like I, I need to recuperate for a second. Oh. Um, now we had a really, we had an amazing day. I think we had our four biggest fish were all over 40 inches and our top four fish were the four biggest fish the guy had had on his boat in 50 trips. That wow. So, I mean, we had an unbelievable day as it was. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really hard to compare them. I mean, they, they still do similar behaviors in terms of just pure power. When they hit, they hit like a, a, a truck, and they just they go. But it's more just the pure weight. Yeah, because, you know? yeah, stripers, they got the weight advantage yeah. and the size advantage. Yeah, like the biggest one we caught was 47 inches and 47 pounds Damn. a pound per inch i mean it's just crazy <laughs> and, and holding that fish i mean it 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 took multiple people just to hold that fish up you know horizontal was it just top water only? yeah ever, yeah oh. just just spooks really yeah crazy. and we caught nah, i don't know maybe 26 or so of them Damn. in like three four hours time so it was i mean it was a blast Man. it was awesome well, yeah they say wipers are like the closest the closest we get to fresh water, or saltwater fishing yeah. here in Iowa, yeah, Midwest. Yeah, I mean it was it was a lot of fun, um, and it's just it's one of those kind of bucket list things to kind of cross off the list of like I want to go catch a true striper and not have to repost about everybody's stripers <laughs> that they've caught around here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Did you guys uh, eat? <laughs> talk, yeah. talk about things that annoy you. Yeah. Um, Did you guys eat any? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I, I believe it or not, I actually have some thought out at home right now, and yeah. they're good. Super. Super thick uh, fillets, super thick flake, um, pretty similar to most ocean fish. Yeah. Um, How does it compare to like a wiper? There's just not near as much red meat in the middle. Oh, okay. Um, and the flake is just bigger. I think just naturally because it's a bigger fish. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, saltwater fish in general, for the most part, unless you get an oily one, just don't have a. They just don't have a fishy taste. You know, they just taste good. Can you eat a striper sashimi? Right? Can you? I think people do. Okay. But they could get wormy and stuff, too, though. Oh, okay. Just like any other fish? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, people, for some reason, think that uh, you can... The reason why you can only... You should only eat ocean water fish, like, as, as, as far as eating fish raw. It can only be ocean fish because they don't have worms. Well, ocean fish have worms, too. It's like a miscon- misconception. Mm. I will say the one thing that was tough is you're out on the ocean and you're, th- you're throwing top waters. And I think we're throwing, um, I think it was medium, medium powered, uh, stuff and the waves. I mean, it just takes some getting used to throwing, you're, you're on the waves and then you've got the waves crashing. And a lot of times what the stripers do is they would hit right at the, the apex of where, you know, where the wave hits the, the water itself. Mm-hmm. It's kind of where they were. So you'd almost want to throw, back into the waves as they're forming 
and then really get some action as it as it hits, and that's where you get your big blowups. Interesting. And they were like they really concentrate in one particular area, just like I mean, just like wipers do. Like when you see that big pool of wipers and they're all hitting the top water. I mean, you see some of that too. It's just the blowups are four or five times bigger. Man, damn. damn. And it gets I mean, it gets gets your blood pumping. <laughs> I, you know? I mean, like even out on our lakes, when I hear, you can tell when there's a big a bigger oh, yeah. wiper in there. Oh yeah. I can imagine what uh, like a forty pound fish busting on top like poof. yeah we had we had one that jumped out of the water that i i don't know if it was bigger than our biggest one but when you see it from afar you're like oh my gosh that was a shark <laughs> that was huge <laughs> uh so that was pretty sweet uh, the one thing that blew me away though is i don't i'm assuming that this this guide he just does this but i i still don't understand it is so we use these spooks right so big old plastic thing with two giant trebles on it and when we got the fish up to the edge of the boat, and these fish are longer than this table, these two tables together, he not would not use a, a net. He would go down and grab the spook, grab the spook, and lift the fish up. From the spook? Yeah, yeah. What? And I'm like, you're just begging for a treble <laughs> in the yeah. hand or the face or whatever. And I, I even asked him, I said, how many, how many hooks have you gotten? Oh, just one. I'm like. I don't know how, that, I, and I don't know like what. I never asked him why he doesn't use a net because I didn't want to like, I didn't want to like insult him, you know, because uh-huh. um, he's done this for thirty years. But I was just like, why does he not use a net? Like you should have asked him. He might a, have a reason. He's a pro, man. He's a pro. <laughs> I would have scared. I mean, because you got. I mean, you're like this. You're, you're trying to go down there and, and these fish are. I mean, these fish are still active. Like they're not just you know laid over and kill me now. Like they're like trying to get loose and stuff. And I'm like, no thanks. So. I'd be a little uh, scared. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, I, if, if anybody ever goes up to the Northeast, 100% recommend going out, trying that for the, the striped bass. It's, it's an awesome, awesome experience. And it's just cool to, I mean, the, the wipers are amazing here, but it, it's cool just to feel the, the, the purebred species, if you will, and experience that as well. Yeah. So. I, I probably wouldn't go that far to go catch a striper, but... Uh, Midwest striper is pretty realistic for me. There you go. You already got one off the list, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do have one off the Must list. Must be nice. It was, a, it was a like freak accident, lucky yeah. suicide fish, as I would say. Yeah. I, I remember that video. I, I wouldn't say that, man. I, mean, yeah. I was just reeling up I, so I could recast. So I was just burning it in yeah. and boom. Yeah. I, I swear to Yeah, let's not talk about that trip for me. Suicide fish. I, <laughs> I, I saw mine at least, but that, I think that made it worse by seeing... Yeah, sometimes you just it. don't want to see them. I, I, Especially if it's a nice fish. Like, if it's a nice fish and you're not sure what it is yet, I'd rather not see I it. Gotta go re- yeah, I got to go I don't redeem myself it. somehow one of these days. This, Well, uh, I think some of you guys already know, but when I when I get my boat, I'm going to go I'm gonna go target some Midwest Stripers. All right. Can I hop on? Yeah. All right. Meet me halfway because you'll be in Colorado. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. All right. Let's go get a refill. These guys are empty. Uh, I do want to come back. So I do remind me before uh, I don't or I don't remember. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about 515 Fishing, uh, the forum and everything on Facebook, the group and everything. And also, I just want I want to hear your, your take on um, a lot of the haters. <laughs> Another hater topic. Love it. <laughs> yeah, Derek's the guy behind the scenes of 515 Fishing, if you guys didn't. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah. be right back. I love guys. the drama. <laughs> yes, sir.
and you're walking with your two-man shed you're like eh, eh. you're about 60 feet offshore you're like I don't, I don't know if i want to go much further than this and you look at your map it's four feet deep hopefully there's some fish here right we are back refilled ready to rock and roll i got the uh easy east or not easy uh, the east village east village ipa yeah i don't even remember what i got <laughs> uh some sort of stout there you it, go. it tastes kind of licorice That'll do it. Yeah, I got the red IPA. It's a little bit stronger. I looked at it earlier when I first got here. I was like, oh, I think we're going to do something light because I just ate (laughs) pasta. And then I graduated to us to a heavier beer. (laughs) Uh, But if you guys have not, make sure you guys swing by Peachtree. Shout out to them for letting us come here and record. Um, Actually, I do like this back room. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I I like the barrels and stuff, too. It's it's nice and quiet and... Kind of yeah. got a cool look to it. Did I say why? Did I mention why I was selling my kayak? No, you didn't. Nope. Granny well, did his we, 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 we kind of know why I'm selling mine, but why are you selling your kayak? Okay, so I got a boat ordered. I think I'm, oh, I've, I've talked about done, it. Before. Done deal, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I don't know if the podcast has come out where I talked more about it yet or not. I think well, I we mean, mentioned it. I don't think you've like. Originally, it was like a year or two ago when you were yeah. with uh, Short Rod when you initially talked You're about it. You talking about it. Yeah, we were talking about it. That was yeah. a long time ago now, though. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's already ordered, and I think they've started the build. So any day now. How long does it take to build a boat? I have no idea. Well, you're are about we, fi- we going to hear details of this yeah, vessel? Yeah, so it, it's a Alumacraft 185, so 18 and a half feet long. It's a tiller. Okay. And I, I put it in an order back in April. And part of the reason why it's taking four months now is because I wanted, I wanted well, originally, I, I was going to go with a 17 and a half footer. And it was going to be a 2023. And the guy said, well, all the 2023 17 and a half footers, they're all spoken for. He's like, if you go up to an 18 and a half foot, you get in a 2023 model. Well, yeah, I guess I'm not married to a 17 and a half footer. You'll like that 18 and a half. Yeah, and then people always say, like, you, you'll like that extra space. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, okay, yeah, I'll go for it. And yeah. then uh, so I think maybe he gave me like a month out, but I wanted all vinyl. And uh, I don't know. I, I think he like misinterpreted what I said. Because he, he emailed me and said, oh, hey, when you said all vinyl, I thought you meant just the cockpit. But but you want, like, the whole thing vinyl, right? All the flooring. I was like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. So he said it was going to take a little bit longer, so maybe another two. So, so no two, carpeting at all? No carpeting at all. What is it? Why? Because yeah. ca- cats or what? Well, I just don't want a clean carpet. Yeah, cleanliness. Yeah. <laughs> Stank. What color is the vinyl going to be? I think gray. I think it's a weave, like a vinyl weave. Okay. Uh, at least based on what I've seen on on YouTube and stuff, but anyways, so that pushes it back another two weeks or so, mm-hmm. and then uh, I don't know. They just get got behind on production. Like okay, there's push back another month, and then another no, month. No more 2023s for 18 <laughs> and a half footers. Like, okay, and then that's right around the time when a tree fell on my truck. <laughs> So I wasn't I wasn't too uh, worried about it. I was like, okay, that's it. it kind of works out. And uh, so I'm already looking at end of July. And then 
and then I get another email. Oh yeah, they're behind. Blah blah. It's gonna like if you want carpet, you get one in like you know short time. Like no, nope, I'm sticking. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> he on like two on two of the delays. Like well, if you want carpet, you can you know have it sooner. Like no, nope, I'm sticking to my guns. I'm sticking to my guns. But finally, they started the build, and I'm hoping within a couple of weeks this will be the last podcast. We talked about not having about, the boat. Yeah, yet. this is the last boatless podcast. Kit podcast. podcast. Hopefully, well, hey, no, Hopefully. let us know on the uh, next time we talk um, how long it took from from the day they said they built. I'm just curious how long it took them to build your boat, like mm. from beginning to end. Yeah. What's what's it got on the for the horsepower on the back? A 90 Merc. It's a tiller. Did I say tiller? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Why why tiller? Why did you go tiller? More room. Okay. More fishing room. Because that's the number one reason why I'm, I'm getting it. Yeah. Not saying you can't fish out of a boat with a console or a windshield because people do it all the time. But I just want to maximize the space. Are you throwing on a fancy troller and the electronics already too? <laughs> well, that's the reason why I'm selling the kayak. You know, that stuff ain't cheap. And yeah. it's got yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're and talking <laughs> five, seven grand depending on what you want. Yeah. So I got to recoup some of that money and then... Selling that Hobie should, it won't pay for all of it, but it'll, it'll be a good chunk of it because yeah. I've already got the trolling motor. You got the spot walk already? Yeah, it's a Minn Kota Tarova, 80 pound. Okay. I, you got the GPS puck? Yep. Yeah. So it's nice. got spot lock and the jog and all that stuff. Nice. Yeah, this guy sent me the picture. I'm like, man, must be nice to be rich. <laughs> he I goes, no. I, I tell you what. I, I don't know about re- rich. Re- regardless of what the price point is, that, that spot walk with the, the GPS and everything, worth every penny. I That's, mean, when you talk about, like, game changer products and items, having that versus just, like, a, a foot control troller, just like a hand, like, it, night and day. I mean, having a good spot walk, regardless if you're in 20-plus mile-hour winds, to sit on one spot, it's so nice. Yeah. I've, so I've, nice. I've been out on going back to jeff again backyard bait shop i've been out with jeff i think three times in the past month and he's got spot lock he's got a 55 pound but his mm-hmm. boat's 16 foot i think sure. mm-hmm. so but yeah it's like i there's no way i i can't get a boat and not be able to spot lock yeah. there's no way yeah you gotta have it especially when you fish on the lakes yeah, quite the a bit lakes. especially if you're going if you're going big with a new boat that's eight and a half, 18 and a half foot like you might as well get the trolling motor to match it. Yeah. See, know? the thing is, Minkota just came out with their their flagship trolling motor. The Altera? Al- either Altera or Altrex. Well, they just came out with their brushless motors. Mm-hmm. And they updated some stuff. But, you know, brushless, that's the that's the new big thing. Mm-hmm. And I saw that there was a Tarova version that's coming out, too. And I emailed them, like, okay, I'm about to buy this Tarova. <laughs> like, when is this new one coming out? Sure, it costs a thousand dollars more. Oh yeah, but it's a uh, it's brushless and it you get a little bit more more pounds thrust uh, for like the same amount of voltage. You get I think ninety pounds with the twenty four volt versus the brushed version. It's eighty pounds with the twenty four volt. But they told me October, November. Like okay, I can't wait that long. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been looking at sales. You know, I I've I've been spending money, but I've been trying to. I don't know if it's smart is the right word for it, but I've been looking at sales. So this was on sales. Okay. Found it online, hit up Shields, 
will you guys price match this? They were like, yep, yeah, we'll price match it. Nice. Okay. And then I actually uh, got a another Garmin unit I picked up. I was going to ask you how many how many screens you're yeah. planning what, on what running. Like, yeah, what electronics on. are you running on this thing? So I picked up another Garmin. Um, I was going to get another 9-inch uh, Echo Map because yep. that's what I have now. And I wanted to put one in the back of the boat, one in the front, mm-hmm. and then network them. So the thing is, the the nine inch is on sale at Bass Pro for six ninety nine, and the ten inch is on sale for nine ninety nine. Okay, three hundred dollar difference, right? I mean, that's yep. that's still a lot of money. But if I got two nine inches, then I gotta get a network hub, which costs more money. Mm-hmm. It kind of splits the difference with getting a 10 inch and it's got two network ports so i don't have to get that network hub so mm. i was like you know what since this has two ports anyways i'll get the bigger screen and the difference was like 50 dollars sure so man your your boat's gonna be freaking so you're gonna be running live scope on one and then like side imaging on the other one or what you, what is your plan with the multiple electronic devices uh probably live scope on both okay and then probably side scan on one. Like, if one of them moving from spot to spot, sure. I might have, like, 2D on one and then side scan on the other. And then I plan on having people with me while I'm fishing. So somebody in the front get live scope. Somebody in the back gets live scope. <laughs> it's nice. Not going to lie. That is Jeff's setup in his yeah. boat. But yeah. he's, he's, got, got, he's, got the, he's got the dual live scope in the front and the back? Well, he's got two screens. Yeah. One, one, one live scope. but One deucer. You know, but it yeah, shows yeah. on both screens. Yeah, it shows on both. Nice. But he's got 12-inch screens. Dude, it makes it's. – I'm like, holy shit, this thing is huge. huge. It's dope. Oh, yeah. like, yeah. I, I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't bite the bullet on another $600 yeah. for <laughs> uh, like two more inches. Yeah. But it's pretty sweet having a big-ass screen. Even oh, the yeah. 10 compared to the 9. That's you'd ridiculous. be surprised. Oh, yeah. I felt, like, I felt like that whenever I was fishing like with uh, – my pan optics from my life scope and I had a seven, you know, like the 73 versus the 93. Mm-hmm. You, you'd be out there with the 73 and you feel pretty good about yourself. And then you go to somebody next and fishing next to you that's had like a 93. You're like, Oh my God, I feel so inadequate. Yeah. Actually that's, <laughs> I started with a seven inch yeah. and then I fished with my buddy. He has a nine inch. Oh my God. Why does it look like 10 times bigger? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Makes a difference yeah. with those screens. 100%. It does. And, and you know, I'm not a, a spring chicken anymore and trying to look at that screen from i don't know five <laughs> feet away yeah it, it strains your eyes yeah agreed yeah so i guess Sweet. yeah that's that's the setup that'd be awesome black the color is black on black just like my truck black on black so hopefully it'll be hope- hot dude so hot. hopefully by the time before i actually pack and move you should have your boat by then maybe 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 I think so. Okay. I think so. So if you guys ever want... If I, Kit I'm, just got another email popped up. I know. Like, oh, <laughs> delay another month. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but I, if it gets past my birthday, which is the beginning of September, then I, I might start getting really annoyed. Because <laughs> then it's going to cut... You know, the, she, the season's getting shorter and shorter. Because yeah. you're hoping... Double, you double axle trailer or single? Single. Yeah. I don't know. People told me I should get a double... Just, just for peace of mind, like if one of that, I don't know, what is it, hubs or axles goes out, sure. I got another set I can, you know, limp, limp by. Right. But I don't know. 
be pretty. This is your first. This is your first boat. My first boat. Pretty sweet. I'm I'm diving into the deep end. <laughs> He's going all out on it. Yeah. But that's all good, dude. That's, yeah, that's that'd be all, awesome. Only one way to to make it work. Yeah. How often do you think you're gonna be on that boat next year? Next year, once you have it all lined up, ready to rock and roll. At least every weekend. I you think. think so? I think so. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna fight, be fighting the crowds at Old Big Creek. <laughs> no, I, I, I for think a parking spot. I think you you're the type of guy who doesn't like that. So I think you're gonna be fishing on the weekdays more than you will on the weekends. Um, I'll definitely be taking days off. Actually, that first week that I have it all rigged up and ready to go, I'm taking a week off of work. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. Go out every day? Have yeah, to. Probably, yeah, probably. If weather weather permitting. Well, for one, like like Derek said, this is my first boat, so I got to practice backing up the trailer. I got to break it in still because it's brand new. Just don't, get, don't forget the boat plug. Yeah. <laughs> I just I got to get everything down. Yeah. Yeah. So. Could this be the beginning? That's exciting, though. Could this be the beginning of fishing kit guide service? I mean, it'll be. He's it'll mentioned be, that in the past. It'll be the beginning of me having a boat and learning. <laughs> so, get ready for some fun. Like, Speaking yeah, you ready to go out on a boat with the guy that's had a boat for like two <laughs> weeks ever? <laughs> That'd be dope. Speaking of guide service, how are you doing with the guide service? How? Is the whole world of guide service in yeah. Central Iowa? Yeah, no, it's um, it's been good for me. It's uh, relatively consistent now, just because it's. I think this is year three or so for for guiding for me. So um, I kind of have the routines down. I kind of have the clientele down. I kind of have um, you know how I want to market things and and this and that. You, you kind of learn as as you get going. It's just a learning process. I mean, just like. You know, as fishermen, I feel like we're always learning new techniques and new things to do. I think with guiding, it's the same same thing. You know, who, who do you market to? What do you, what are you fishing for? And all, all these different things. And so, I feel like I kind of found uh, the sweet spot for for that. And and I, I have enough trips that keeps me happy because I think one thing from the start of when I started guiding is I, I never wanted to do it. You know, as I'm guiding all the time because I feel like. My worry with doing that is I was going to lose the love of fishing and, and I'd lose the opportunity to fish for fun for myself or with my friends and stuff like that. And I, I never wanted it to become that. And so I've been able to maintain that to where I'm doing, you know, maybe two to three trips a month or something like that. And so I'm still able to do the trips, have a great time, but still be able to fish for myself or my buddies. Um, and that's, that's exactly why I've wanted it, wanted it to be. Um, you know, there's, I think, uh, you know, there's uh, some new guiding that happens off and on all the time. And, you know, I think everybody, when they, when they first start, has good intentions. And I think there's a learning curve that goes with that. Um, I've seen some people that have really taken off and done really well. And I've seen some headaches, you know. And I think um, it's a double-edged sword. I think the people that are s- starting the guide service, you have to kind of know what you're getting into when you when you're doing that in central Iowa and what you might get for feedback and what people might say and and who you are as a person too I mean there's there's some different things that you can't control like I'm not going to name names just for the sake of the podcast but you know if you're if you're a young angler um just out of high school and you're you're starting a new business and people maybe don't know your name and they don't they don't really know much about you 
you're maybe at a disadvantage than somebody that's maybe in their mid 40s and maybe somebody knows their name and they're getting started you know so there's some different avenues to it um you get a lot of outside noise i think regardless of who the guide is i think there's people that want to question you your integrity your your service and your how good you are at what you're doing um in terms of all that all that stuff i think my viewpoint on that is if you are providing a service and somebody is wanting to pay you for that service why should somebody else care right like if if i if i said kit i want to pay you a hundred dollars to take me out and go catch wipers if, if it's my money and I'm paying Kit, why should anybody else care what Kit's qualifications are, right? Like, that's between me and Kit. Mm-hmm. And if I'm cool with paying $100, I'm cool with paying $100. Like, that, that's, that's between me and him. Um, I think the one thing I have – I mean, there's been a couple guys I've just got into guiding recently, and I've, I've, I know them personally. I've tried to give some, some feedback. My, my biggest thing for people doing it – is to make sure you're protected and that you're safe uh, financially. Uh, and what I mean by that is, especially when you bring in a boat, and I know people, some people scoff at the idea of fishing from shore or you know, fishing in waders and things like that, but guess what? There's way less liability. As soon as you throw in a boat, liability becomes huge. Um, and so you, you just have to take in consideration whoever gets on your boat, what could happen on that boat. And so one thing that I do, regardless of the experience with the angler, one thing I've been trying to tell some of the guys that have just now started to get into guiding is don't ever take anything for granted in terms of safety. So we've done a lot of smallie fishing this summer. If we're throwing whopper ploppers or spinners or whatever it is we're throwing, smallies like to jump. They're, they're very erratic. I am taking that fish off the hook. I am netting that fish. I'm taking the fish off the hook. I don't care if you've got 20 years of fishing experience. The reason being is not because I don't trust you, but if you catch that fish on a whopper plopper, you pick it up and all of a sudden it throws it and it throws it in your arm mm-hmm. and we bury that hook and we got to go to the, the urgent care clinic. Guess who that person's coming back to, to ask to pay the medical bills? Me, right? Like, and I don't want to be on the hook for that. Not because I think the person is trying to, you know, sue me or, or trying to get back at me. I just don't want to ever be in that that position and the same goes with your i don't know if i, I just smelled popcorn that smells really good yeah i know yeah. <laughs> i think he literally just walked out of the <laughs> uh, sidetrack but like same when you when you tie in the boat you know if anybody gets on your boat even if it's grandy and he's paying you i say grandy throw a life jacket on while we're going dude yeah because worst case scenario something happens grandy falls out of the boat grandy drowns now you're now you're on the hook for tons and tons of money that you never that you never anticipated right and some of these guys are super young and and some of those things just don't you just don't think about those things but you don't want to ever have to think about those things so protect yourself at the forefront you kind of have to you have to always assume what if the worst thing that could happen does happen how do i protect myself ahead of time and that's just kind of the biggest thing i've been trying to help some of the guys that are doing some of this stuff now um trying to help them with that. And I, I want, the one thing I will say, we don't have a ton of guides in the area per se, but I, I don't, I don't really have a problem with people, um, guiding. And I think there's a lot of hate that kind of gets spewed, you know, towards people about guiding and, and what their credentials are and, and whether they, they should or shouldn't be guiding and, and this and that. And I, you know, and I, is there some validity to that? 
sure, but I, I think at the at the at the end of the day, if if somebody is willing to pay somebody else to take him out fishing, then who cares? I, 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 that, and that's just my perspective. And I don't, I mean, of anybody else that guides, like I, I don't ever feel a competitive nature. I don't I don't f- see it as like we're we're competing over the same lakes, waters, species, anything like that. It's like hey this is something you want to do good for you and, and go about it. Now that might just be because I, I do it, you know, as a part-time thing and I'm not making my living off it. It's a little bit different if you go somewhere and this is your full-time day-to-day, you know, moneymaker. But, um, I guess I, I encourage anybody that if they have that as a dream and as a goal to do it, but to do it the right way. No, we, um, we haven't released the episode yet, mm-hmm. uh, but we talked about this. We sure. touched the subject with butters, mm-hmm. uh, cause we did that episode was a couple weeks like about yeah several weeks ago when when about it was, a month ago yeah. i think when we recorded it yeah and it was a big old hoopla <laughs> i was like ah. it was entertaining to me because sure. speaking of popcorn i was like eating popcorn reading <laughs> reading the 515 fucking oops sorry but the fishing forum yeah it was awesome yeah i loved it it was like it, it was funny as hell to see the amount of people who chime in um and the reason i saw i say that is because there's no repercussions for you typing something because yeah. nothing's going to ever happen to you. You can yeah. say whatever you want to say because this is the nature of social media nowadays. Um, it was my thought, thoughts work, and I, and I said this on that, that podcast was, dude, the kid was is young, mm-hmm. super young. That I mean, we don't have to name names, mm-hmm. but he was super young, and um, I was actually – pretty excited and proud that you know you see a new generation trying to be entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. create something and do something yep in my eyes and i said that in that last podcast my thing you know this was my viewpoint mm-hmm. dude if you guys have an issue with him or whatever maybe help guide him sure like Educate you know may, maybe give him some pointers and tips versus criticizing him and and literally and i think he's he posts a couple more times and he still posts and i'm like the amount, it's not even just haters, it's just the people who who want him to do horrible. Sure. It's just like, what the hell kind of world we well, live in? And it's, and it's you're, a double. You're wanting him to do horrible. I'm like, but the thing is, don't you, and then, and then the same people are the same one who's like, this next generation sucks and lazy and blah, blah. I'm like, <laughs> it's, a, the, it's a double-edged sword because I think, you know, the, the person you're talking about, I, I know him personally and I, I actually had him at, at the high school I worked at and, uh, I think anytime you're young, because we've all been there, you're emotional and mm-hmm. you react. Yes. And, and so the one thing that I've I've really tried to, I don't want to use the men, mentor word, but I've, I've tried to help is like, don't give people ammo. And when you react negatively or you blow up to react to a comment somebody makes, they know they're pushing your buttons. And then, and then potential clients see how you react yep. to that situation. Very true. Very true. And so it's, it's been more about educating how to stay calm, cool, collected, thank people for their feedback and move forward. At the same time, our page, just like any other page has its members that the only, the only purpose they serve on the page is to start shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, I, it's, it's simple as that. And I, and, yes. and I'm not going to name names, but I could tell you five or six of them right now, they, they don't say a single Grandy. thing. <laughs> yeah, they don't me. say a single thing on the page unless it's negative. The funny it, thing is, I, I don't, I don't, I don't respond. I don't really because, like you said, I don't really feed the masses. Sure, I just enjoy the con. The, yeah, but 
but my it, thoughts are I, I have my my viewpoints but i think it's bullshit i think yeah. it, like i said if the kid is just trying to be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. in my eyes and then on top of that if you have experience in that field or whatever the case may be give constructive criticism mm-hmm. or give him advice or yep. help him out versus trying to just yeah you know break him down well, that's, that's what th- i thought and, like. and that's the thing is the flip side to that is that that guy that's trying to be a guide has to understand that there is going to be some feedback and he's got to put his ego aside and actually read and listen to that feedback as well because there are guys that are trying to provide you know good information and you can't just always react you know i'm angry shut up leave me alone f you stuff like that See, that was one of my points uh when we talked about it. like it's the internet because you because yeah. you, you can't do, react to everything yeah i mean th- there is uh, some real, there's some real things there. I mean, do you have insurance? Are are you, you know, are you credible? What, why should I hire you? I mean, these, these are all legitimate Valid questions. Yeah, 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 legitimate questions. For sure. Um, and, and I think you have to, at the same time, I think it's really funny because sometimes people talk about guiding after they've had a really hot bite um, and they've caught, you know, they have a, a good week or two where they've caught a ton of fish and they're feeling, you know, they're su- feeling super proud and pumped up and and they're feeling like, I'm, I'm going to go start guiding. And then all of a sudden, you know, two or three weeks pass by, and all of a sudden the bite slowed down a lot, and they're like, man, this sucks. Um, <laughs> and I think the one thing, if, if you're ever seriously thinking about getting into that avenue, is you have to understand you will have trips that are slow. Like, there, there's, no, there's no way around it. I don't care who the guide is. There's always going to be days that are tough. I mean, it's a tough bite, tough weather pattern, you know, the barometric pressures, whatever it is. You're going to have tough days. And so how do you make sure that the client still has a good time, right? Like if I'm not catching fish, how can I ensure that they still leave with a good experience? And that, I think that is the biggest X factor of, you know, word of mouth and getting return customers mm. because you can't like, you can only control so much of how the fish cooperate with you. Like you can get on a pattern, you can pre-fish, you can do all these things, but when the, the day of the trip comes, you've already picked the spot. You already picked the species. You already picked the techniques. Like you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. You can't just throw a curveball all of a sudden. And you, if it's a bad day, how are you going to keep them happy? Yeah, it's still fishing at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah. And we're in still, we're still in central Iowa. Like you're not, you're not, you're not in the Mecca of a fish, you know? And I know there's some great sticks out there that, you know, can have more good days than bad days, but I guarantee anybody around here is still going to have, tough days and you're going to have a client that comes with you and you're not going to have a ton of fish or you're not going to have a big fish. And so how do you make sure that they still leave satisfied? Right. That's why when you ask me, Oh, you got a boat, you gonna start guiding now. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> like, I don't even know how to like, but just, it, I don't it, even know how to steer a tiller. It still it puts, <laughs> it puts a target on you in, yeah. in some ways because now there's a, there's a, an expectation whether you like it or not. Um, and you can try to talk to people all you want about, this is the reality of what we're going to go do. There's still an expectation. I spent my money on you and we're yeah. going guy, you know, we're going fishing. I hope we're having a good day. So you know? I don't know. Maybe if I get to a point where someday I'm confident or I feel good enough about taking somebody's money and then taking them out fishing and hope, hopefully putting them on fish. Yeah, that's, then, then, yeah, I might that's the other thing it. with guiding is like, what is your level of integrity? So I have, I've had a lot of people love to catch walleye. Like that is, 
the number one requested trip is to catch walleye. In, um, I- in Iowa? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. And so that never stops. I mean, that happens in July, August, whatever. And I've, I've had to talk people out of trips. And I could very easily say, oh, yeah, let's go. I'll take your money and we'll suck and we'll not catch much. And sweet. See you later. But I, I feel not good about taking somebody's money, you know, after a shad hatch. And I know the bite's going to suck uh, for a walleye bite. Like, hey, let's, let's wait until this date or let's try a different species because I don't want to take your money, you know, for something that I know are could – it, could it happen? Yeah, it could always happen. But the, the percentages are not in our favor, right? You know, and sometimes people are just so dead set. I'm like, I, I don't care. I want to go catch walleye. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we'll go try. But, I mean, I really want to give people the best opportunity we can to have a successful trip. That's the benefit of you doing it part-time that you're able oh, yeah. to, to yeah. do that. Because a lot of people who do it for a living or mm-hmm. full-time, they're like, uh, I, I can't reschedule. You know, I'm, right. I'm booking you this weekend. Well, I, and, I that, and that's their living, you yeah. know. So it. It, it. it is bread on the table for them. You know, for me, it's just like, hey, it's just a fun side gig that I get to do once in a while, and I get to meet people. And and I, I've done, every time I talk, you know, on a podcast, I've done something different, you know, guiding that I haven't done before. And, like, my most recent thing is I have a guy that, instead of a four-hour or eight-hour trip, he wanted to, like, <laughs> it's almost like he wanted to subscribe to the guiding service. You almost look <laughs> like you have a streaming service. So, like, every two weeks we would go out and do something. But it wouldn't be for a long time. Like an hour here, two hours here, an hour here. Hey, one night, take me out to a river channel and show me how to kayak against current. The next night, hey, just sit down with me and talk through all my gear for walleye and baits and how to fish for them. The next time, hey, let's go out and let's actually try jigging. You know, just stuff like that. And that that was something I've never had before. But I'm like, okay, hey, I'm up for whatever. So let's let's give it a try. And it's been a lot of fun. Um, But something I've never, never thought about, you know, promoting. Hmm. So what was that very first client? What was that trip like? like uh, were you nervous? Oh, yeah. I think the, the, there's always, I think there's pressure no matter what when you're taking somebody out, um, especially when you're, they're paying you. You know, that adds a, an extra element to it. And so there's, I think there's two layers of pressure. One is getting the fish. And two, I think, is staying interactive with the client and and being interested in who they are, what, why they're fishing, what, what they enjoy to do, like just staying engaged with them because it's very easy to get in the mode of like, I'm fishing and I'm like, I'm focused on finding fish and not talking to the client. Uh Mm -hmm. And and you don't want that. Like you don't want it to be awkward science silence and they're just waiting for something to happen. So it's a little bit of like, okay, I'm going to multitask and make sure I'm talking to them, asking them questions, make sure that if they have any questions or asking me, that's the biggest thing I kind of push for people is like, when you go out with me, ask, ask me questions. Like, ask why I'm using this line. Ask why I'm using this bait. Ask why we're, you know, doing all these things that we're doing so I can educate you. Um, because my, my ultimate goal is after the trip that they can go out in the future and have success without me. Like, they, they've got some spots. They've got some techniques. They kind of get the general idea that they don't have to hire me back if they don't want to. Um, but yeah, the first, I mean, the first trip, you know, I was lucky in the fact that the guy I went with, I knew. And so that took off a little bit of extra, you know, took off a little bit of the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, it did start kind of slow, but I still felt fairly confident that we could catch some fish. And, you know, after about maybe a half hour, we started getting into them and it was awesome after that. So I think, I think my first trip was about everything you could ask for in the first trip. It was fantastic. So, 
Yeah. Um, I think I just got lucky in that regard. Um, I would say if you're going to do it and you're, you're going to do a first trip, whenever you start just to do your guide service, do it at the time that you're most confident you can get somebody on fish. Because <laughs> you, right. you have to build, I mean, you have to build a client base, right? Like True. when you first start a business, your initial thing is to get the word out and build a client base. Well, if you do it in the dead worst time of bite of whatever it is you're fishing for, it's going to be hard to build traction to get people to want to come back or to really promote you and say, yeah, I went out with Kit, but we caught a fish and it's 12 inches. It sucked. <laughs> you know, like it's going to be, it's tough to build that. Whereas if you go out, even if it's easy fishing, it's, and it's something they wouldn't necessarily need a guide for. If they go out and they, they pay you and you, you get them on good fish and they're happy and they're high-fiving each other and they leave satisfied, that's how you spread that, that word of mouth and that business. And then they come back to you next year for the same trip. Yeah, you know, for right? sure. So, Huh. Just stuff to think about, I yeah. guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. No, it makes sense, though. Yeah. What, are you going to take your first guide trip? You might as well be on a hot bite. That's kind of true. So you don't look like an... Well, and I think the other thing is, too, is, like, is your model going to be one of where you do one thing or you fish for one species year-round? Or do you vary? You know, how how what is your realm of services look like like how diverse are you or are you like hey i'm walleyes this is what i do i'll take you out we'll find the walleye bite and that's that's what i am you know a lot of guides are very particular either to a a lake or a species and that's kind of what they stick with i i i switch with the seasons and what the hot bite the spawning bite stuff like that is just because i know i know my chances of success are higher with that and being that it's central iowa like i I want to take people out for a higher chances of success. The negative to that is most people want to fish for walleye and not catfish. <laughs> Walleyes all the time, right? Yeah, it oh. is. I mean, they love they love walleyes. Speaking of the hot bite, so, I mean, I, this is probably my last thing. Um, hot summer, humid as hell right now. It yep. sucks. Yep. What uh-huh. are you guys, because you two go out and fish more than me. So, my last question, request, or recommendation would you give to someone like me like yeah i have a couple hours this coming up weekend where should i go what should i fish for what is biting in central iowa at the end of july and beginning of august is freaking 95 humidity makes it feel like 105 what what what, where do i go go ahead kit (laughs) Mm. i'll I'll follow what should you fish for in the it, right yeah, now. I guess it'd, it'd be the dog days of summer right now. Yeah, that's what I feel. Sure. Yeah. yeah, we're in the 100-degree temps right now. Yes, sir. Um, As a shore fisherman, As a too. shore fisherman? As a shore, because I don't have a boat. I mean, there's there's plenty of options, like panfish, okay. bl- bluegills and stuff. That's always an option. And they're easy. You don't have to. You can basically go to any pond, throw out a crawler on a hook. Throw out a piece of bread on a hook, and uh, you know, don't be above catfish either. Summertime, actually, the whole year is great for catfish. <laughs> but bank fishing, yeah, you just cast a line out on a lake. Odds are you'll probably get catfish, and then you do it at night. Stay out of the sun. Mm-hmm. You could take it one step further. Go fish for those bluegills. Keep those bluegills. Use them for bait later at night when you go catfishing. Yeah. And cut, then cut bait or keep the bluegills alive. Well, if you want more bites, you better cut it up. Okay. You might catch bigger fish with the live bait, but you might 
not catch as many, or you might not catch any at all mm-hmm. with a with the live bluegill. Yeah, <clears throat> I would say right now it kind of depends on how sensitive you are to the heat and humidity in terms of what you want to do. If uh, if you really want to stay around the cooler times of the day and not out, you know, midday and all that stuff, I would say get out at sunrise or sunset. Um, you can still find some wipers, you know, busting at different times and throw, you know, top water spinners, stuff like that, just under the surface and, and catch some fish. Um, smallies have been good all summer. Um, I, I'm a big uh, proponent of if, if you're comfortable walking in the interior rivers, you stay cooler that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to have waders. Um, as long as you have a nice shoe to wear that, you know, you can step on some rocks and some sand and stuff like that that you don't not don't have a worry with getting dirty and being in the river. Mm-hmm. You can go fish for smallies from sunrise to sunset and, and stay cooler by being in the water. And, you know, they're hitting anything from top water to spinners to you know, fly baits and you know, all kinds of stuff right now, jerk baits. And, and that's a fun, I mean, that's one of the more fun fish to catch is a smallmouth bass. Um, you can go fish for flathead right now. You know, if, you, if you're somebody that likes to be a night owl and, and get away from the heat, uh, you go fish for flathead and, you know, knowing that what flathead fishing is and that you're not going to catch a fish probably every night, but the, the potential of catching a trophy is, is there and the big fish. So there, there's a lot of options. It's, it's more about how, how long do you want to be out and do you want to be out when it's 100 degrees or do you want to be out when it's just 75? Because, like, to Kit's point for channel cats, I mean, they'll, they'll bite all day you know, um, regardless of how hot it is, it's just more how, how much are you willing to persevere in the heat? <laughs> you know, cause if you, if you okay. do the cut bait setup, um, I'm a believer that I, I switch spots about every 15, 20 minutes if nothing's happening. And as long as you're kind of staying on the move and, and staying looking for active fish, you can have, you know, a lot of good days. If you're fishing a live fish, you're just limiting to either big channel cats or fishing some flathead spots. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's what I would do. Another thing I noticed when I've been out uh, these past couple of weeks are the shad. They're getting to like the one to two inch size somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. And those, I feel like those are the ideal size for like white bass mm-hmm. and wipers. You can find on the big lakes, big reservoirs that have shad, you can find schools and schools of them just swimming on the surface. I mean, they don't always have fish busting on them, but. There's always the potential, especially if you're on the windblown side where it's yep. pushing all that bait up against the bank. Yeah, you know, whatever, wherever the wind's going, well, for one, it'll keep you cooler because the wind's blowing in your face. And that's if you have all, wind. Yeah, if there is wind. <laughs> if there is wind. Iowa summers are so hot. Yeah. There's not wind. Yeah, and then that's where all the bait's going, and then those, those predators shouldn't be too far behind. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I get I get good ideas to go this weekend now yeah. uh, I'm, I'm 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 so ready for that boat <laughs> i can see it in your eyes dude i've been so patient and now now it's getting dude it's getting close to the day and i'm getting super antsy i'm not gonna lie i think i probably asked this guy more than he probably he's probably like dude shut up i know it's it's coming i'm just as excited I, I want as you it more are, than I you do i know you do <laughs> but i'm just as excited as him that he gets the boat because hopefully I can tell. Well, even though I'm moving, 
uh, I'm still going to tell the boss lady, you know, I got to go at least record an episode with Kit here and there, and then we might as well record on the boat. That's just my thoughts. Like, uh, yeah, you got to go visit your mom once a month or something. Or maybe <laughs> twice a month. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Now, do you have any experience backing down a trailer to this point? Um, I've done it a handful of times. Okay. Feel pretty good about that. Uh, one time I might like, oh, that was easy. And then the next time I'm like, whoa, I'm up there for like 10 minutes. <laughs> So yeah. it's it's a it's gonna be a learning experience. Yeah. So I'm gonna record all that. So my audience is they're they're gonna learn <laughs> with me. They're gonna watch me struggle. They're gonna yeah. be like, dude, why are you doing that, man? No, don't do it this way. <laughs> You're gonna get a lot of professors trying to teach you. Yeah. Well, well, that's where the editing magic comes in. I can make yeah. it look good. <laughs> I don't have to show me back back going back and forth ten times. I, I have to admit to a a weakness of mine, which is backing a boat down. So growing up. Never had a never had a boat growing up, so I never had the experience of backing down a trailer or anything like that. And then, me and my buddy actually bought a boat together, and uh, we've used that for the longest time now. And he was always the back down guy, and I was always the launch guy, you know. So I didn't really practice it much then because I was always sitting in the boat, launch it off, ready to rock. And so I know the first couple times I tried to back it down it was one of those it was it was a nightmare and then like your anxiety just starts to get higher and higher and higher every time that you fail and then you get frustrated (laughs) and it just gets worse like it doesn't get better it just gets worse and especially if it's like let's say on the weekend or you're at like sailorville and there's people waiting yeah there's people waiting and then all All of a sudden you just like drive off like i'm done i give up (laughs) um so i actually cheated the system and my last two trucks have, have been fords not because i'm like a Ford fanboy or anything like that, but because they have a, a trailer assist system on there. Well, yeah, you it's just turned the knob. My yeah, truck yeah, has it too. Yeah, so you just turn so this knob. That helps quite a bit, huh? Oh, oh it, night and day. You just point it where you want to yeah, go, yeah. right? You just really? Point, you just point oh, it where you want the trailer to go, and the wheel spins on its own. No way. And, and you just see? control the brake. And so I look so awesome backing down a boat right now. Like, I look like a pro. I could come from any angle and just go. So you, right in the water. Your truck has Yeah, that? my truck has that. <laughs> I, I drive a Ford now for those people that don't know. Yeah. That. But if you took that if you took that off, I would I would really struggle. <laughs> See, so. but the thing is when I took out my brother in law's boat, I did not use that. Because I wanna yeah. for yeah. me, I wanna be able to do it. Yeah. Even if I might struggle. You should have did it twice. Once with it and once without, so you can see, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess see. when I'm launching it, I could do it with and then when I'm yeah. gonna, you know, load up. I should do it without. Just to see. And the then, nice thing is you'll have a relatively large trailer. And the bigger the trailer, the, usually the easier it is for yeah, the control. It is. The small 14-foot boats, that's when they're always so wonky. You know, they just, every little move is just. See, funnily oh. enough, my buddy Ryan, he has a 16-foot boat. Mm-hmm. And his car is this little compact Jeep crossover thing. Yeah. And it, I think his is so easy to back really? up. But I've hopped in uh, uh, short rod show. Ben, Ben's. his he's got a monster boat, he, right? like a twenty foot 20. boat. Yeah. That, he's got 20, a thirty five hundred Chevy yeah. uh, crew cab, eight foot bed. It yep. is it is one beefy setup. Yeah, and I was struggling with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's so I backed, I backed up a few trailers recently. I'm excited, man. I, I can't wait for you to get your boat, dude, because I'm excited to see. More videos, new videos of fishing kit on a boat fishing. Oh yeah, yeah. Hopefully, when when this podcast is out, I'll I'll I've already gotten it dialed in. There you go. 
actually. And like you said, when this podcast comes out, I don't know if I'm here or not. But don't this, worry. This would be September, right? I think one? so. Yep. I think so. Um, but don't worry. We will continuously record um, on a continuous basis. But All right, man. You got anything else for Derek guy? Kit? Um... Would you ever get a boat? I mean, I know oh, you've yeah. had a boat. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So we, so we have a we have a, a sixteen foot Sullivan right now. It's like a nineteen eighty seven somewhere in there, and it, we've we kind of rehauled it and everything, and it gets the job done. It's it's a nice little boat, and um, I like it. But like, I I do have dreams of the boat, as I like to call it. Um, <laughs> do you have an idea of what the boat is? Oh yeah, yeah. It's not so much. It's not so much about like the 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 storage and all that it's got to be at least 18 foot mm-hmm. it's got to have the best troller with spot lock mm-hmm. and it's got to have the best electronics like th- those are the key things i know it's going to have a light well i know it's going to have a bait well like stuff like that like those are all things that are just known things yeah those are kind of given yeah, yeah. but in terms of like a particular brand or anything no like i know i want a v you know stuff like that like a um, lake boat something yeah, for lakes yeah. yeah um but i'm not willing to settle until i've got the monetary backing to get the boat yeah the boat. so like that is kind of like just enjoy what we have for now until i have the finances or the inheritance or whatever it comes yeah. my way <laughs> to finally say it's time for the boat and kind of like you're doing right now, like, hey, I'm all in. This is the one that I'm hoping to have for 20, 25 years because um, I don't want to have to keep doing the buy, sell, buy, sell kind yeah, of thing, you know. So, sure. um, But, yeah, I just, you know, what we got right now gets the job done and it works. I just don't want to upgrade until I know it's the right one. So um, I do have a couple things I wanted to just uh, mention real quickly. Um, sure. Caught a couple big uh, smallies. Was that last weekend? So uh, I finally pulled the trigger, and I'm getting a fish done. Mount? Like mounted? Mounted? Replica. Oh, yeah. Nice. So, I mean, you got the whole debate about, you know, live fish or replica. Oh, man. People will argue till they're blue in the face (laughs) about which one's better. But (laughs) go go and listen to the podcast. We actually did a podcast with Jimmy Lawrence, and uh, he he can explain to you the biggest difference between the replicas, the live. Just go listen to that podcast. I'll put it up here in the description. You guys can hear about that one. So for the same reason that we talked about earlier, I, I just... I'm at a point in my fishing career and just in my life that I don't want to, um, I don't, I don't want to kill that fish, you know, uh, right, wrong or different. I just don't want to do that. And so I, I let it go, but I, I did want to get a replica and I, I've, I've wanted to get replicas for the longest time, but they're, they're an investment. So I just haven't done it. Well, I finally pulled the trigger, uh, to do it. And it, it is an investment. Uh, I think for this 22 inch, just under six pound smallie, is gonna run me over seven hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So An Iowa Smalley, uh, Milox. Milox. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. Man, if it's Iowa Smalley, that'd be I don't know. Like, that's, that's a monster. Where'd you catch that? We <laughs> <laughs> a monster. Uh, but even now, I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a fish. Yeah. Know? So I'm I'm super stoked about it, and it's a it's almost a two and a half year turnaround. <laughs> so it's that's one of the realities of it. But I just uh, you know I'm pretty excited about that. I've never I've never done it. I thought about it forever and finally pulling the trigger to get it done. And, um, I think 
going the route that I'm going and doing the replica, I would say, and this goes for the live mounts to the skin mounts, but just like tattoos, if you have tattoos, like your money, like the, you get what you pay for, I guess is what I would say. Very right? true. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do this, don't skimp out on paying a cheaper rate. Like do your research, look at different people that do different work, review their work and invest in the memory that you want recreated for the rest of your life. So I'm actually going with the guy that's actually up in New York. Um, wow. Yeah. Just because I've seen how much stuff he's done and like, I, I know we've got some local guys that can do it, but like my faith is really in this, this guy to say, like, I know what he will produce will be everything that I'm hoping it will be. Yeah. yeah. There's not, there's not that like fingers crossed because there's <laughs> nothing worse. It's so sad. There's nothing worse than when somebody gets a mount back and they take a picture and they post it on social media uh-huh. to like celebrate it. And you know, deep down in their heart that they're not happy with it. And all the comments is like, nobody wants to say, be that guy to say it's like, like Oof. yeah, they don't want to, they don't want to be that guy to say something, but everybody's got thinking the same thing of like, Ooh, that didn't turn out good. <laughs> or like, I would, I would like ask for my money back because you, everybody's seen those mounts, you know, where people get them back. You've waited so long. And you paid, to, and you paid a lot. And you of paid money. a lot of, just to have yeah. that heartbreak. Like I, I just didn't, I didn't want to go through that. So I'm like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it top notch. And I mean, you can go in the whole skin mount replica thing. And, and to me, it was just more about maintaining this fish for, you know, 20, 30 years and, knowing that it's going to be the same, you know, 30 years from now as it was the day it shows up. So for sure. Um, no, the only other thing I was going to just throw out there is just super pumped about, uh, the five one five fishing, uh, group and community and supporting, um, Sulo, uh, a If I don't know if anybody knows, knows him, he goes by Sam locally, but, uh, he had really bad, uh, third degree burns. He was involved in a car fire. Um, here a few months back and, and, you know, uh, had pretty low chances of actually surviving that that incident, and I think al- amongst local anglers, um, Sam's you know fairly well known. Uh, he he catches a lot of walleyes and a lot of nice walleyes, and uh, we were able to raise uh, over eleven hundred dollars for him to support him, and he's still in Iowa City right now. So just wanted to give him a shout out and just give a shout out to to the members of uh, the group and the page for supporting him and, and the auctions that we had to support him. So it's a, it's a still a small community. And I know as, as anglers, we're all still a brotherhood and anytime we get a chance to, to support one another, I, I think we take that opportunity. So just something to be proud of, I think is, is, is that. So I just wanted to give him a quick shout out. For sure. Yeah. That was, that was a pretty cool thing that you did on the group. And I saw that, uh, you know, Spencer, he put a mm-hmm. guide trip up on yeah. there too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's awesome. You know, Spencer is somebody that, you know, it's kind of a YouTube sensation and a you know local celebrity, if you will, to have him. I think he'd cringe at hearing yeah, that. He just, he's the Iowa fishing guy. <laughs> <If> he's <laughs> listening. He, dude, he hates it when if I say that shit. He's listening to this, like on one of his road trips going yeah, oh, to yeah. like Florida. Freaking like, Granny, oh, shut up! Man, yeah, that, I yeah. just call him the Iowa fishing guy. He hates. But it's still it's the truth, though. I mean, it, it is. I mean, it is the truth, and and that's credit to him and, and the following that he's built. Um, but it does mean a lot when somebody like him will, you know, reach out and, and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm willing to, to do this and, and give a trip out to somebody. And it makes a big difference, you know. So Is that, is that uh, still going, going done, on? Done now. Oh, it's yeah, done now. Yep. Okay. Yep. 
I wasn't sure if you know if someone listened to this like oh, okay how do yeah. I get in no on I that? think we had I think we had about eight or nine days of items uh, which once again just credit out to people to do- donating um, stuff uh, for the auctions because a lot of people you know they're not getting they're not getting any kickback on that all the funds are going straight to straight to Sam and and you know I know that it's not even making a dent in what those bills uh, have got to be because he's still in Iowa City and will be for some time but you know just just so he knows that we've got people out here that are still thinking about him and, and, and want to support him. So for sure. And if our listeners, if you guys have not, make sure you guys do go check out on Facebook, uh, five, one, five fishing group. Um, fun you, times. You don't have to be from the five, one, five. You don't either. have to be. Yeah. Mm, no, you, you not do at not all. Not have to be. Not at all. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we have a few, <laughs> few fellas or f- uh, out of towners, out of towners. Oh, yeah. Although I will say that it's another. When you talk about drama, <laughs> that's another topic of conversation. Is whether whether somebody catches a fish outside the five one five or not. There and, you go. And whether it should even be on the page. Right. So. We're in that. We're in Iowa's there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where'd oh, you yeah. catch that salmon at in Iowa? No. <laughs> go figure, man. Now you know. Social media, man. Gotta love it. You, you guys don't have any fish uh, made, do you? Do you have uh, any reproductions or any skin mounts or anything? don't. I think the only fish I might is if I ever break a state record of some sort. Mm, sure. Or um, it, it wouldn't even be mine. It would probably be one of my kids. If they, if they caught something that was just like, yeah. holy mm. cow, I got I to get that one mounted. Um I don't think I would really mount anything unless, like I said, it's got to be a state record before I'd mount mm-hmm. it. I mean, or there's got to be some crazy, crazy story yeah. behind it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that that would be the only way I would ever mount anything. It's just that's just me. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, state record. Yeah. I, I gotta agree with that one. Shad. Even if you should have done shad. it, you should have done get it. Man, dude. Mounted shad. I'll get, I'll get <laughs> the skin been, mount shad. That would be the greatest mount ever. <laughs> if you see, if you walk into his house yeah. and you see a mounted shad, you'd be like, "What?" The and f- have it, have it chasing some minnows or Bro. something. <laughs> it, like you would have, you're gonna have to ask him, like, "Okay, hold on." Yeah. What is up with oh, yeah. this? And then talking they, piece. Exactly. Oh, three, yeah. p- three pound shad. Three oh, pound man. shad. Go figure. <laughs> Delicious. Um, other than that, man, uh, it's awesome. Anything else before call it a night? I think that's all I got, man. Just looking forward to having the boat. Hopefully by the time this comes out, I'll go. be out there vertical jigging on live scope. Some, uh, wipers off of some river channel somewhere mm-hmm. awesome man so there you guys go make sure you guys go check out like i said 515 fishing group on facebook we'll put all the links in the show notes and everything uh make sure you guys go check out fishing kits youtube channel get his ass up to he still owes me donkey kicks too i am not forgetting this shit uh, he still owes me two donkey kicks but let's get him up to four thousand subs because he passed three thousand like no problem bro nice no problem Took a little bit, but yeah. One last, one last question. What's up? Are you still are you still as motivated now to create content as you were when you first started? Uh, good question. These past couple months, I w- honestly I would say no because fishing's been terrible. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean that's a question I have for guys that do this for a living, like 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 Spencer is like, how do you how do you maintain? I mean this is your this is your source of revenue, like in his case, like how do you maintain? that motivation and, and just the material, you know, like when you do have tough days to like, I gotta get, I gotta find a bite. I gotta get motivated to film. I gotta get motivated to edit and all the things that go with it. Like, how do you maintain that? So, I mean, I, I'll just chime in on this one. And the reason being, cause yesterday, was it yesterday or two days ago, I had my birthday and I was actually recording while I was fishing. 
Um, I haven't recorded in a while. Uh, I still have a couple videos that I'm going to edit, you know, once I get time to edit and, and you know, release. Um, I went through a funk in regards to doing the podcast and fishing and everything. Just editing. It's just it, you get burnt out. Yeah. yeah. Um, however, I missed it. We're not doing it for a while. And then I went on my birthday. I didn't catch that many fish. And now I don't know when I'm going to release that video. But um, it was exciting. It was exciting because I caught the fish. I knew I caught the fish, and I was just talking, you know, to the audience or whatever. And it was just like, it was just kind of fun. It was funny. You know, the shit I was talking about, like, that didn't work. It sucked. Yeah, you guys all saw that too, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then um, I missed it. And, yeah, I, I, I think it's one of those things where you can get burnt out. I can see that. Oh, it happened to me. Um but I still like it. I still enjoy editing because when I go back when I was editing the shit, it's like, oh, man, that was funny. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. or that was just something I wanted to share. It, I, I was the only one who would have saw that if, yeah. if, if I didn't record it. Yeah. Um, so to me, I think it's once in a while it's okay to take a break and it's okay to not release all the time, at least in my case. I'm just doing it for fun. Yeah. As much as I want to, you know, be YouTube famous and, and make a living out of it, I. I pretty much know I'm not going to, mm-hmm. um, but I do enjoy just the the filming and just the fishing and just editing whenever I can, mm-hmm. and and not and not put so much stress on oh, I gotta get something out mm-hmm. because for a while there I did like man I gotta I gotta get something out right mm-hmm. and then it just to me it just it, it made it not as fun sure yeah so I I guess technically I did take a break like I said it it's been a month. Since I edited a video, yeah. so I've I've taken a break because well when I've been out fishing, you know bank fishing and stuff, it's been there's it's been so slow. Fishing's been bad, and you know it's it's not to me worthy of making a video if I'm not catching anything. Sure, I don't want to watch a skunk video. <laughs> I don't I don't think my audience would want to watch it. I don't want to edit a skunk video. Yeah, and I've been going out on boats. Uh, like my brother-in-law's boat a lot lately and even even then I'll, I'll try to record when I'm with them but it's it's like a different vibe with them like yeah. my sister would be there she'll catch her and I'm like trying to record her hey you know say something please yeah. <laughs> she's like nope doesn't say anything like, okay this is gonna be terrible yeah and then my brother-in-law he'll try to say stuff but he's you know not everybody's comfortable on a camera yeah, yeah. and then it might not make a good video, even though I recorded and I caught yeah. fish. Yeah. And uh, I've been out with Jeff. You know, he, you know, I got to respect him. Uh, like, I don't want to just go in there and start recording. Sure. He even, he even sure. asked me not to record. Sure. And, you know, I got to respect that. Yeah. Because, you know, not everybody wants to give away their secrets. Right. Especially that, if you're a guest on his yeah, vessel sure, and stuff sure. like that. Yeah. yeah for sure. Even... Even I think once he warmed up to the idea, he's like, "Yeah, just bring your stuff. You know, you can record or whatever." And then we got out there, and he was like, Are "You gonna record today?" I was like, oh, "I don't know." He, and then I told I told him I, I did bring my stuff because he said he said to bring it, but at that point I was like, "You know what? I'll just uh, I'll just fish and not think about it." <laughs> so the but ant- now that's where he takes the boat to the dead yeah. lands of this lake and <laughs> we ain't catching shit yeah. today but now <laughs> since with the boat coming and stuff there's a lot of new exciting stuff happening so be, yeah. yeah so there'll be 
you know, more chances for content. And just for you. the most part, it will be just me. I don't have to worry about, you yeah. know, trying to record Derek. Like, hey, Derek, can you give some commentary while yeah. you're really in a fish? But it's a new experience for your audience that who's never really watched you on a boat fish, too. Yeah, and then not so a lot of people yeah. know have the experience of what it's like, you know, getting a boat, being a total newbie. Yeah, and I, I, I would say I would advocate that you do some videos just about being a new boat owner, yeah. you know, before you even go out and fish with it. Like, hey. This is what it's like yeah. just to get the boat in the driveway, sure. and this is what it's like my first walk through to the boat. Here's some things that I've had for headaches, you know, just for the people that have yeah. never had a boat, just to have that that side of it, you know. Yeah, because yeah. a lot of the guys on YouTube, at least from what I know, the guys that are always fishing out of boat, it's just like, oh, just regular old whatever, <laughs> yep. just yep. get in the boat, catch a bunch of fish, go home. <laughs> yep. Yep. Highlight reels is what I call those. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, hey, I'm watching the video and everything, and all I see is just – Here's the fish I pulled, but I don't learn anything about it. Like, what what did I get out of this other than just seeing a bunch of fish caught and making me want to go to that lake? Yeah. You know, so. To answer I, your question, though, um, just still have fun with it. Yeah. At the end of the day, when we record content, just have fun with it. And, yeah. and it, you know, you just got to look at it at the end of the day. It's just, man, you're just you're just there to catch fish. Yeah. It is, it is awesome, though, to see, like, you get into the subscriber count that you are and then, other guys have just been grinding for a long time and i know there's a lot of guys out there but like trevor somebody i've watched for for a while and i know he's he's getting up there in some subscribers now and just yeah, he's he's like he's, he's kind of flying yeah he's flying but that that's awesome to see guys that have really um stuck with it you know and you know it's taken some time to maybe to take off but to finally get that i don't want to say break but you know to finally break that threshold and, and kind of get that success and get those rewards and it's just kind of that that continuously you know embracing that work and stuff because i i'm sure I, you know i don't i don't do it myself but i'm sure there's times where when you're doing content or video it's just like man is it worth it you know like and like you said am i still having fun if i'm not having fun and i've got five subscribers like should i should i still do this you know and so i think it's just cool to see guys that you know kind of getting that recognition too so yeah Trust me, there's days where I'm like, man, <laughs> I don't know about this. They all have, they, but then, we all have them. Then man. you'll get like a cool comment, yeah. like, yeah. hey, man, I really like this video. Dude, we got like 10 guys who listen to this podcast, yeah. bro. <laughs> Why the hell did me and Kit, we've been doing this for almost three years. Yeah. Why the hell do we keep doing this shit? We got three guys get, that listen a, to us. Because you get to talk fishing. There you yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I get to talk fishing and I have a beer with my buddy. Yeah. yeah. That's how I look at it. That's right. So, no, no, it's... um. Yeah, we just keep doing this because oh, it's podcast fun. on the boat. We got to do it. We'll do that. We'll yeah, do that we'll coming do up. That. Yeah, uh, I was I was well, talking. If I get it before you yeah. move, <laughs> we might do that more often though. No, I might have to come back because you know what? I got to come and visit Kit because we got to record an episode on the boat. Yeah, I might just have to make it like a monthly deal. We could like just drift for yes. catfish, sit there and talk. Exactly. And then we might get interrupted when a yeah. catfish yep. hits. I and think people can see the takedown and everything. Exactly. Yeah. I think we're going to do that more often once fishing kit gets. Yeah, we'll, we'll do our podcast on That'd the boat. That'd be a perfect but. intro for with sure. a podcast on the boat. Hundred percent. So, um, oh, this is awesome, man. Uh, appreciate you, Derek, coming out here. Like yeah. I said, everybody, go check out. We'll put everything on the show notes and links. Uh, if you guys don't know by now, also, I did quit my full time job. Uh, I sell I sell sports cards for a living now. And nice. insane. My wife said you're an idiot, but it is what it is. <laughs> uh, we're moving to Colorado here soon. Stay tuned, guys. So he's, gonna, get, he's getting an influx of Broncos sports. Oh hell, <laughs> to the no! I do have a bunch of that shit I want to get rid of. Don't get me wrong. 
Uh, I always be a Chicago Bears fan. And so you've got some John Elways. I do have a few <laughs> of those ugly things. But <laughs> it is what it is. But um, other than that, man, uh, truly appreciate you guys listening this far. Like I said, uh, don't forget, leave a review. Helps us tremendously. Uh, make sure you guys check us out on YouTube. If you guys just listen to this on the podcast and everything, uh, subscribe there. Uh, videos available on Spotify and everything. So tell everybody else, let's try to get us. I think our uh, YouTube, we're at 200 and some subs. See, like I said, we, we, we've been doing this for like three years. Mostly you guys like just listen well, to the, us. The YouTube channel wasn't always there, though. That's true. Very true. Yeah. But it's all good. We you appreciate can, everybody that listens. For and sure. Every subscriber counts. <laughs> exactly, yeah. man. Other than that, man, until uh, next time, guys, uh, we shall be back hopefully within a couple weeks. Like I said, two episodes per month. Maybe we'll be on the boat. Possibly. <laughs> All right, everybody. Till next time.